You want work? Hey, what'd he say? Yes, good. Yes. So let's get to it, shall we? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> wait a minute now, wait. You think I take off his clothes? First of all, I'll take my jacket off. Oh. JR, you, you and the king will have to pardon me here for a minute. What, what are you gonna do, Vince? No, uh, you may want to get on this side because it wouldn't be proper to be on that side. You may want to uh, <laughs> kind of get down here on your knees. You don't want to kiss the wrong side. Right over here. Right, right there. That's a good spot right there. Right there. Go ahead. It won't hurt. It doesn't the, hurt. If he gets on the wrong side, he gets poked in it. the eye. Come on, get down there. All right, then. Pucker up. <laughs> Man, I don't know, but. What do you mean you don't know? Oh, wait, wait, wait. It gets better than that. That's what I thought. I knew it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> he is not going to do this. Yes, this is going to be great. You do want to be employed, don't you? It's a good job, believe me. <laughs> you want it, don't you? So, uh. Are you ready? There it is! Look at that! <laughs> Go ahead! Go ahead, kiss my ass! <laughs> oh! Wait a minute! Come yeah. on! Yeah. Fuck it up! Don't you love sports entertainment? Oh, no, no, it gets better than that! No way! <laughs> oh, my God! Kiss it! Go ahead! <laughs> it's a nice looking ass! Vince! It's broken, it's cracked. Vince. And watch, I could even make my ass do tricks. Watch this. <laughs> Don't cut the cheese. Riggle's got a little bit. Riggle's got a little bit. Kiss my ass. Oh, it. wait a minute, wait a minute. What's he doing now? I'm not about to let anybody kiss my ass who has chap lips. Oh, no, you're kidding. Put that on. <laughs> and now he's got to use Vince's own chapstick. Can I borrow your toothbrush? Oh, I'm so glad to be back to see this. <laughs> I thought Regal, I, I just don't think Regal's gonna go through with this. What do you mean? You Wait on, let's get this over with. He got some big lips too. He can French kiss a moose. Come on, get down there, kiss it. <laughs> this is gonna All be right, big. now damn it, kiss my ass. Join the club. Charter member. <laughs> Is it gonna do it? <laughs> oh, I'm about to faint. What if he passes? What if he passes gas? <laughs> I don't believe it. This is the greatest moment in the history of the WWF. The dignified William Regal has to sort of do do ass kissing to keep his job. Yo 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 Check this out, check this out. I go by the name. I go by the name. Uh, uh, P, P, motherfucking Diddy. Motherfucking Diddy. Yeah, yeah. He goes by the name. Goes by the name. Of, of, uh, uh, G, G, motherfucking Depp. The deputy. And I'm here. And I'm here. To set the record straight. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Still here. We still here. Ain't going nowhere. Ain't going nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. This for my niggas though. Special delivery. Spit like.
like this, get my wrists all glittery. Get kicked, snakes get slithery. Lean in, show y'all the mean and the chivalry. Rap ruler, you can ask Buddha. Right jab like Zab Judah. Every member on my team is a shooter. Tight like a wound, no wound for intruders. Smart Buddha, twist in the Philly. And good humor, don't be silly. It's gravy, baby, I got it all smothered. Like makeup, I got it all covered. You want a jewel? Don't be cool. It's authentic, don't be fooled by these phony accusations, backlashes, slanders, front and a publicity stunts and propaganda. Keep it private, cause I'm the commander in chief. I never stop like beef. Give me a break, I might shake the building, place safe, vacate all women and children. I spit it out. Special delivery. I want that. Special delivery. I need that. Special delivery. Can I have that? Special yeah. delivery. Yeah. Special delivery. I want Come on. That. Welcome back, everybody, to the final chapter, the finale, the Dunzo. This has been nine weeks of revisiting a year that is otherwise pretty inconsequential to most people's lives, but I feel like I have somehow made this into a year that was so important in professional wrestling and pop culture, and I'm very much so proud of myself. I'm, of course, Meals, and I'm here hosting The Invasion Diaries. This is Chapter 9. And, of course, I'm not here alone. I have the man who's been with me for probably at least like 45% of this ride. Justin Davis, OG Johnny 5, what is up? What's up? What's up? We're here. Um, I am also here with someone who had an all-star performance on the last episode that he was on. Very rave reviews. In terms of your XX Rocky fan, <laughs> I forgot the number XX. Um, XX, Rocky, here. XX Rocky fan 2002, and then a smaller <laughs> X, and then a bigger X. Rocky <laughs> fan, hey, this, this is tough. Imagine if you were still on AIM. I was 11 years old. Like, what do you? Do you want me to have a, a, an elaborate name? This is type of my AOL name when I was I was a huge fan of uh, this video game called Strider. Is a mm-hmm. Capcom game. My my um my name was Strider four nine eight seven. That's what All that's right. what that's what names were back in the day. It wasn't Rocky my, Band. They weren't calling him Rocky anymore. <laughs> first of all, mine was way more embarrassing. He was still Rocky in my heart. I was a big fan of Joe Budden's first album. <laughs> oh God! So my aim. This is terrible. My aim name was Pump, Pump it, up. it Up Three Hundred Six. Pump it up. <laughs> As long as and it's not then, walk with me three two eight. No. Um, and then I think it changed to Meals Almighty at some point. Mm. And then Okay, me, uh Meals Did I you hate like Bruce Almighty. I hate to interrupt yeah. you. I hate to interrupt you, Meals, and I know you, you, you don't like you don't want to have the things in a moment, but this is a good news this is good news from my friend uh Mark here. You guys about to get Cal Lowry, bro? Wait, it's happening? Yeah. It's actually happening? Is it for Iguodala? Well, Watch said he said that they picked up the the option on Goran Dragic and uh, they're potentially for Kyle Lowry. For they're side. just making room for Kyle Lowry. Sorry, but I mean. the potential side of trade for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> NBA champion Kyle Lowry. Thank you, Toronto. There you go. Sorry, sorry, Mills. I I, I like the, I like when Mark's happy. So. Oh, that's beautiful. And take away all my thing. I oh, think we were targeting okay. Kyle Lowry as well. But, you know, it, it, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I'm they talked so much shit about Mark, you know, a couple months ago. 
And you know, I want to see Mark. I, I would, I would hope that Mark would return the favor one day to me and make me happy. With, with, some, with, the, with some Lakers news, y'all just got Westbrook. <laughs> I'm, but I mean, you know, it don't got to be as Lakers. You know, just, just, just tell me good news. You know, make me happy. That was good okay. news. I have plenty of good news for you. Okay. Listen, we all have great news here. Only on the on only on the Invasion Diaries. But yeah, I mean, AIM was definitely. Gosh, did I have? No, nah, I just had AOL CDs in 2001. I still had dial up in 2001. Um. Man, all right. So I'm gonna keep it a buck with you guys, especially everyone who's listening. What was life like in 2001? I think I've covered pretty much everything. <laughs> I think you have a general <laughs> idea of what life was like in 2001. I think really what we can kind of cover is um, we can. Con- I like, and I think because it affects J. Fog so much, because I think Mark really sets his time in his life to what was playing, what was out here. I have the list of like top list of music videos from 2001. I'm not Mm. sure if anything, anybody's interested in this Um, because, and this is, 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 is very, very interesting considering Rolling Stone just dropped their list of their 100 greatest videos of all time. And it was a terrible list and you'll never revisit it again. Terrible list, huh? Wow, I didn't even get a chance to look at it yet. It had This Is America by Childish Gambino above every Michael Jackson video ever. And and regardless of, <clears throat> let me just say this right now, regardless of how you feel about the guy, you know, posthumously, you know, about, you know, allegations against him, you know, that is what it is. The work, the work and hard work of the people who made his videos, what they were, the directors, the themes, the choreographers, the choreographer, you know, all of that stuff. And he should have the he should have the top five. They said it was better than yeah. Beat It. Where was Beat It? I don't even know if Beat It was on it. Or Beat It wasn't high. on the list. <laughs> They're wild, yo. They're really wild. They're wild. I don't I don't know what they. The, I I'm think sorry. the top video was it was, it was formation. Video? It was formation. And oh, yeah, formation yeah. isn't even better than 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 you knock me off my feet video or don't piss him off now. Don't piss him off now. Beyonce fans gonna tell me she's better than Michael Jackson now? Don't 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 piss, don't piss him off. Don't piss him off now. I'm just saying. I hear Listen, Beyonce. 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 They gotta pay five to hear it. Beehive any. runs everywhere. I guarantee there's parts of the Beehive. They gotta, they gotta pay five dollars to hear this anyway. So fuck. <laughs> Whoa. They gotta pay the five. Gotta pay the five to hear this. Otherwise, they're not gonna hear this. I, I respect it, but still, like, yeah, like, fucking formation. I love formation, but yeah. Greatest video of all time? Are you fucking insane? Rolling Stone wise, um, I'll take a look at their albums more than I will their uh, music videos. That five hundred still gets a good amount of respect for me, at least. Well, let's talk about these videos of two thousand and one. And I feel like in two thousand and one, in terms of music videos, we we're at this point. I think we were definitely in the. I don't. We're still in the hype Williams kind of phase of videos, but I don't think. I don't think a lot of these videos are as grand. As they were in the late '90s, and I blame that really kind of just on Diddy and <laughs> kind of <laughs> other um, people who felt like they were doing the most with all their music videos. But I don't feel like they're, you know, great. I don't feel like they were as grand, but I think they still kind of really they were important for the period. I mean, music videos, watching them on TV, pretty much everywhere. You had three dedicated channels, which I'm going over three dedicated lists. So you had VH1, you had MTV, and you had BET, all playing music videos for various different demographics of people. 
Um, so I have VH1's top 40 videos of the year, which is actually 50. I have MTV's top 53 videos of the year for whatever for fucking reason they chose. 53. 53. And I have a list, which I believe is the BET to notarize 2001 list, mm. which I, which I notarize, believe is the list. Notarize is the best one, but notarize is the best one. But I, I, I hate to spoil this. Was this the year with the number one was, you know what? Um, <laughs> you know, what? all right. So, oh no, <laughs> you know what? And everyone was like, what? <laughs> all right. Before, so, before. Before we get before we get to the list, I will note today, August first, nineteen eighty one, the fortieth birthday of MTV. Wow! Look at that! Look at how it's brought together. Um. All right. So here's the thing. I tried to look for the actual actual factual list. I couldn't really find it, but I don't think that was number one though. But I have I found a YouTube playlist which has kind of the order of it, which is an order that I think is a respectable order because it looks like it can just be, I was, I, it looks valid enough to be, be like, Oh yeah, I could. Yeah. That's definitely number one and number 10 or whatever the hell it is. Right. So I'm going off of this. Um, cause I actually can't find it. BT doesn't list any of their notarized things on the internet before like 2004 or something. So we're going to go through all these, not all of them. Like it, it just is what it is. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna list I'm gonna link this. I'm gonna send this to you guys in the group chat. I'm gonna send the VH1 for one first, just for you guys. Um, VH1's top 40 videos of 2001, and the number one. I mean, VH1 at this time before it began ruled by Flavor Flav and New York and Black Ink Crew and Love and <laughs> Hip Hop. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say Love and Hip Hop first. Yeah, that is just, just, <laughs> it is it is it is one leading it. I had to get into the era and then I had to build up to love and hip hop. Okay. But right. this was yeah, this was for was a channel for older white people. Jesus Christ, <laughs> this, that number one. <laughs> the this is for the adult crowd. This is legitimately fall across the land. <laughs> oh man, that used to dominate. <laughs> Mad Heaven was overrated. She said Heaven was overrated. I said, all right. Well, hey, you're listen. risking it now. Hold up now. <laughs> playing with this it. Is, they, they can risk it more in alternative, though. <laughs> I feel like this is so crazy because in 2001, I feel like the adult contemporary genre of music was way more respected than it is now. And I think adult contemporary just kind of really means that you're old in 2021. And, you know... You may be able to like float in if you're a younger artist, but it's really for people who are like pretty much 40 and up. Um, this list, yes, number one is Train <laughs> Drops of Jupiter. Tell me, which wow, is, <laughs> I remember hearing that shit everywhere. I'll be honest with you, most of these songs I don't remember at all. You're bugging me. I'm, you I'm not, remember all that. I'm, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, if you guys can sing part of this shit for me, to all right, really all right Mark, do you, Mark, do you think we can sing the first? I I guarantee we can sing every single song song here. All right. So I did. <laughs> I did. I did tell me. Uh, hanging on. Hanging on a moment here with you. Oh no, that was the other one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, Lenny okay. Kravitz, you, you got this one, Mark. You got this one. All of them have you been? I wonder if I'll ever see you. Z100 staple. Z100 yep. staple. 
Yes, sir. Uh, oh, Southside might be interesting. That's an interesting video. On the south side, and then we start to ride. How come we never published him getting washed by Gwen Stefani on that record? And it's only just him. Barred him up. This is when Gwen Stefani was in her deep appropriation bag. Um, <laughs> Yo, this is crazy. Gwen Stefani uh, was like 32 years old back in 2001. <laughs> And now she's like a smooth sixty, and she hasn't. I mean, she looks pretty good. Like she, but she know. married a she. she th- there was a funny tweet about going to fight where it was like she reminds you of any every girl that that grew up in South uh in uh in uh, Orange County. Uh, she ended up in a punk phase, and they ended up uh, marrying a Republican. Oh no. <laughs> um. Okay. Thank you. Is kind of is kind of is kind of like a cheat because all it is is uh the stand stand, but the yeah, but you add it. I just want to thank you. <laughs> Uh oh my God! When it's over, come on, Mark. Come on, man. When it's over. Go ahead. That was two thousand one. Yeah, it was twenty two thousand one. Hemorrhage in my hands. Leave love bleeding in my hands. In my hands, if you're here on. Why do I not? Why do I not remember that? That was on a now CD. Damn, I don't remember that. Yeah, man, she was. You used to buy now CDs at all? I had a so me and my sister would ask for certain now CDs, and I think the classic one was now five. It was either now five or now seven. Now five or now seven. Oh no, it wasn't five. Why do I I Google now and it comes up with was it six? It might have been six. It It had an orange cover. It had an orange cover. Yup, six. Now six is the classic. Now six Six, is the classic. Yes, six was actually one of the highest selling albums of this year. Mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at the look yeah. at the track list on it. If anybody ever gets a chance to look at now six, now the classics we'll, 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 on name, top of classics. Name a couple off. Name a couple off. Name a couple off before we you, head over you'll open the damn CD with "Stronger" by Britney Spears. So imagine you pop the CD in, and that shit just hits you right in the face. That's off top. Track two might have been could have been a little bit stronger. Samantha Mumba, I don't remember. Got to tell you about Samantha Mumba. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't tell you about. But Samantha then bye 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 hits you in the face. Around the world hits you in the face. It's all around the world. Love don't cost a thing. Hits you in the face. Independent women hits you in the face. It wasn't me. No more by 3LW. Crazy Casey and JoJo. What an error. What an error. I wish by... Who? Redacted? Huh? Redacted, yes. By Redacted. By Jack Weiss. By Jack Weiss. Redacted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By Jack Weiss. Jack Weiss, yes. Uh okay well, let's let's get to this let's look at this where were we at we were at um we were at uh jaded oh we're man jaded baby blue I'm thinking about you now baby that's crazy falling easy falling easy yeah I think its success lined up with the debut of American Idol because everyone on that Everyone's fucking show, that. yeah, was singing that fucking song. Um, what else? Number ten, Drive by Incubus. Oh. Whatever tomorrow. There's no way that was 2001. Yes, I had that. I had that. I had that. Um, I had that album on CD and tape. Holy so, yeah. shit, that was 2001. It, is, mm-hmm. it, it was the third out. Al- it was the third single from their 1999 album but i believe it because like these singles used to stretch out pretty yeah far. the videos would come out later or something like that right that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah, by yeah. 2001 or- they had uh 
me. Like he was goddamn, goddamn peaches and herb on that boy on that joint. <laughs> but, but there's so many. I mean, there's so many other bangers on this list. There's All for You, Janet Jackson, Peter. Beautiful Day by U2, which Peter. we'll get we'll get into at some point on this show. We'll Very get into important. it. Um, If You're Gone by Matchbox Twenty, Stained. It's been a while. Follow me by Uncle Cracker. I don't remember that. That um, is a white bar staple. Yeah, I can't do you. It's like a, it was like Uncle Cracker. Follow right me, everything is all right. I'm in one to talk you in that night and something. How, how, I'm saying this shows how tapped in me and Mark was <laughs> just to the absolutely <laughs> to the VH1 crowd because I clearly wasn't on it at the time. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is when Mills said BT only. Yeah, this 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 thing of Mills Wild. This was on MTV two in the morning. Like, come on, all these guys came on in the morning, bro. I remember Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim solely because video. It, it, yeah, the video, the video. Let's see. I'm like a bird by Nelly Furtado. Classic. Um, Love don't cost a thing by Jennifer you, you Lopez. The, the the schoolhouse version of that, which was uh, I'm like a turd. No, no, I never heard I'm no. like a turd. There's a couple schoolhouse versions. I never heard I'm like a turd. I'm like a turd. I want to flush away. You ain't ever heard that joke. No, never no. ever, never ever. Mine was um, I heard the say my name one. What was that one? Um, it was a chicken wing, chicken wing. Oh, looking kind of crazy. I don't remember that one either. The main one that I the main, the top one that I remember is I believe I can fly. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm blaming. You know what? Fair enough. But there was a there was a lot of joints on this VH1 top forty. Let me head over to MTV. I'll link this one too. Um in the in in our thing. Don't be blinded by the massive green because this is a very old website, apparently. Um Okay. Listen. Oh, this is a way better list. Way better. Listen, number one, Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. Classic. Um, which was a theme to one of the episodes previously of this one. Um, Pop by NSYNC. I don't know how that gets to number two. Hey, Mark, we know, we know these that was two. A big, hey, Mark, we know, these ten two. we know these 10 too, Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guaranteed. Listen, the thing, that bothered me about, the thing that bothered me about Alien Ant Farm, somebody tried to get a, why didn't we cancel this back in the day? For Alien well, Ant for Alien Farm? Well, no, well, First of all, it was hard. Yeah, no, that, was, that was one, it, it was fire. Two, Michael Jackson gave them the blessing to do the song. Yeah, because yeah. they cleared the sample. You think, think they just put the shit out and didn't and didn't do anything, bro? He was on top of the car grabbing his nuts and the, and the glass blew out. What is there to cancel? Yeah, like they Yo. literally co-signed them. Clear. I, th- I think there's actually an article where it, they said that he did. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, number three, it's been a while by Stained. Number four, I'm real. Jennifer Lopez featuring Ja Rule. Um, Summer 2001 banger. Five, crawling Lincoln Park. Classic. Uh, getting your Lincoln Park bag. Six, Lady Marmalade. Christina Aguilera, Lil Kim, Maya, and Pink. Big video. Um, seven, Alive by Pod. I I feel so alive. <laughs> For the very first time! If that didn't make you want to angle slam somebody, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Put somebody in an ankle lock? Just want to just be part of a video package for something. I was um, I was okay with, uh, I feel, I, I was okay with Alive, but then the one that used to get my blood boiling as a 10-year-old was, We are, we are! The youth of the nation! We are, you know we are! You know what's crazy? 
Um, POD Alive was used as one of the, we'll get into this a little bit later too, the WWF Desire video for actually The Rock, which they aired in 2002 uh, during my research for all this stuff like that. So I don't know why they chose The Rock and POD Alive, but hey, it, it, it just worked. Um, number eight, The Call by Backstreet Boys. Classic. Hey. Wait a minute. Um, no, 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 no. That's, no, that's actually not the classic. Shape of My Heart is that's the classic. Not the, cla- the Call's all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, The Call's all right. It's a strong all right song. They were still like... They were still on the peak. There's a there's a big one of my friends is a big Backstreet Boys stand still. Um, oh man! And there's still a big debate whether NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. And her you know her argument is that Backstreet Boys is actual group with singers who's been around longer. Huh? I feel like NSYNC still their highs are way higher. Way <laughs> you, higher. You said it was tapping their head on this list. They're number two. Backstreet Boys yeah. number eight. Uh, it was slapping they they was plucking their ears on this shit. And it, yeah, man. And NSYNC was already on the way out of this. Like Justin was probably already doing yeah, some like, sessions. He was definitely tapping Rell. his watch. He was definitely tapping his watch. Like, come on, guys. All right, so one more. He said for us. Girl calling me. Hold on, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> um, number nine, Fat Lip by Some Forty One. Classic. Yep. Classic video too. Ten, Survivor, Destiny's Child. Big record. Uh eleven, Chop Suey System of Down. Classic. Um, 12, I'm a Slave for You by Britney Spears. Oh, man. Remember when that premiered and everybody was like, <gasps> <laughs> the snake mm-hmm. and everything. I don't know. I was like, yo, why are we really? Y'all Lust- live through Madonna and we Lusted really got to go through. <laughs> water, water dropping all out in the club. A nice little low rise <laughs> jeans. Boy, America was going crazy. Yo, how does I'm a Slave for You ever exist in 2021? It doesn't. Not even her. <laughs> that, that's why you look at Britney and you say, who but her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. We'll pull that one off. Um, listen, uh, how you remind song, me. Go ahead. Song, she would have had to She would have had to give to some type of racial group. <laughs> it would have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, was that the mix? She would have did a, she well, did a cartwheel. Stop Asian hate, y'all. And then did a cartwheel. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a slave for you. The original song was supposed to be for Janet Jackson. She said she no to it. Yeah, she said no. Damn. And I think oh, I, I feel like there is a demo for it though. Hold on, can, like, can we listen to? Hold on, let me let me let, can we listen to this the beat to this song and see oh, yeah. if, see if it's aged well. All right, hold on. Let me it's let me bring it up. Britney, 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 Britney should have said Janet passed on his beat and made it to a jam. I know I may be young, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. I've got feelings too. Listen, it's hard, bro. I don't know. Pharrell like will shout okay. this beat to somebody in 2021 right now. Just Absolutely. Brent Fias. Nigga, if I heard this beat in 2021, I swear to God. <laughs> you know, I feel the do 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 do. Like the way you heard um, Will Zambigo's song. Oh, fuck. Uh, 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 chop suey, chop, chopsticks. Stir fry. Stir fry, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about stir fry. Stir fry. <laughs> J5 was the chopsticks. <laughs> That's the the Fergie, right right. Remember when Fergie had the re-rock, uh, the re-rock uh, uh, Neptune's beats? Oh, yeah. <laughs> from, from Polo? Yeah, hold on, hold on. When Polo was re-rock London Neptune. Bridge. Play it. Play oh, the London God. Bridge. Oh, <laughs> you got to play God. London Bridge now. Look at this, this cheap-ass. Oh, snap! We ain't ready for this. We were ready. Mm-hmm. Oh! <laughs> 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 
Oh shit! All right, this this oh, this beat was like it sounded like you know when you listen when you watch MTV Cribs and they, and they're doing the interstitials between the hallways. That's yes. what it sounds like. <laughs> and the camera's right. moving extra fast. Yeah, man. <laughs> After the break, you'll hear from Birdman. <laughs> Birdman takes us in his crib, and we find out how the king of the Nola is living. Bird, bird. <laughs> bird, bird. Um, let's see. Uh, number fifteen. Let me blow your mind. Even Gwen Stefani. Peter. Classic. It's a it's a classic hip hop pop collaboration. Yeah, that was uh, one of the ones that made Gwen was like. That was probably one of the first ones that was like, hey, maybe I can, maybe I can do start this. Started the problem. Maybe yeah, maybe I can. I can, I can Maybe I can, Maybe I can sag my pants a little bit. Maybe, Maybe I can. Me? Maybe I can leave these niggas. Is definitely something she said. <laughs> <laughs> come, come on now, I'm telling you. Um, I think Gwen was like, "Can I test the waters on this one, Dre?" Or <laughs> you know, Dre's not saying no. Hell no. Listen, Pink, get the party started. The song that officially turned Pink from "Is she black?" to Oh, she ain't black. <laughs> was that it? But then she put Red Man on the remix. Pink was trying not to test the water. She was like, I don't Look, want to test the waters at all. Listen, if Red Man was on the remix, it's because L.A. Reid was like, but you still got to like black it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You can't just leave. You yeah, still, they, you they, like- mixed, uh, they mixed uh, Get the Party Started and they, and they put um, Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics on it and then had Red Man spitting on it. I was like, okay, this shit kind of hard. But I think that was only on a Now CD. I don't know if they ever even dropped that. You sure? Oh my god, I gotta listen. If they dropped it as a remix, is that on? Is that on? I don't know. I don't know if that's on streaming. Let's see. It's on YouTube, Ooh. obviously. It's guaranteed on on YouTube. It's get, yeah. party, get a party started remix, right? Yeah. You get a party started remix. Yep. Yeah. Oh, let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, it's definitely still up here, but not in like any official capacity. So it's doubtful it's on streaming. To be yeah, honest. I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think so because I'm looking at the misunderstood album right now. She doesn't have it on here. Yo, folk not walk into the club. Oh no! No. Imagine the baby on this today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the baby let's go. He said, get the party started. You know I don't fuck with the... Hello? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up real quick. Um, We got Fallen by Alicia Keys, who's on everyone's list. She's, if, if you need to know what Alicia Keys was like when she debuted, simply look at the blueprint for her. H-E-R. Yeah, it pretty is. much. <laughs> same management, same blueprint, same everything. Um, Except that... Alicia Keys pumped one song for two years, and her has pumped like millions of songs without an album. Her has pumped millions of commercials. <laughs> yes, there we go. There we go. Um, Liquid Dreams by O Town. Can't even remember that. Um, either. If we got to that one, we would have we would have tapped out. We got that wrong. I don't remember that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. Ride with me by Nelly. It's classic. It's playing under this right now because <laughs> I do this on every episode. And twenty whenever wherever Shakira. Mm, that, was a, video. That, was a, that was a 6 a.m. I'm about to get on the bus classic right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Whatever. I was like, okay. Shout Columbia, out. where is that? That's shout out to H pipe being number 40. I remember they, they cut out the hash part. Hash was, pipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Wait, if hash <laughs> pipe's 40, where's Island? Is, oh, but it's videos, though. I don't remember Island the Sun video being too crazy. No, it, it's videos. <laughs> all right. 
so I have a list. I'm not going to send you guys this because it's not an actual thing and it's a YouTube playlist, but I'll send it to you guys afterwards. I'm not actually sure if this is the order, but I want to feel like this is the order for BET. Now, the number one video, BET Notarized 2001. They play this. It, this is what I believe. Now, to be honest with you, none of the redacted videos are on this playlist. So I have no idea where they stand, but I'm assuming that one featuring Jay-Z was very, very high. Yeah, I'm only assuming. Um, actually, no, it's on this list. Wait a minute, it's down there, but it's not. It's not that high. Either way, um, number one, this should come to the surprise of no one. Ja Rule and Vita and Lamo put it on me. Mm. Okay, so that means that the year before that was MOK. What? What's which? Wait, what? What? That one one year for notarized. Martin Luther King's speech was the number one video. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> was that what you were talking about? <laughs> you don't remember that? Martin yeah. Luther King's no. speech was the number one video? Yes. Oh yes. God. I can't remember if that was 2000. I don't think it was 2001. When would they have done that then? When I, yeah. I want to say that it was, oh my God, uh, MLK Jr. speech. Yo, imagine waiting 12 hours. I would be tight. <laughs> and Martin Luther King pulls up. Like in the number one video, y'all, of course, we got to take it back. You know, Martin Luther King, uh, you know, he had a dream and now he's got a video. So we're running the whole 12 hours. Yeah, we're running the whole 12. It's noon. I will see y'all at 11 p.m. I would be red hot. Twitter. I'm at Twitter. Um, wasn't it BT notarized in 2000 where the uh, number one video was the MLK Beach, because I remember it because I was with my sister and her uh, husband at the time. And he was like, "I bet you number one is going to be uh, MLK speech," and it fucking was. I don't know how he guessed it, but I, I it was either the anniversary of it or it was just something that had happened where it was it was the MLK speech. I was at their house and he said it, and it was the fucking MLK speech. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Did they just <laughs> remaster that bitch and put it and put it out of that at that point in time in two thousand? BT is so ass. That they don't have any of their notarized uh, no. lists none out of that is, officially, of that officially released. Officially released. It is if you see it, it is in a Yahoo Answers. It is in some forum. They have none of them actually published, which is a damn shame. If, um, if, and for everything they put into it, right? Like it used to be like a party. They had people hosting it from all over. It was obviously taped, but they would have like people all over the world hosting right. it. Um, and then it would end like the final ten would lead into the the New Year special that the BET had. And mm-hmm. yeah, do you think they still yeah. even have those archives? Yeah, right. No, the the yeah, BET site has them in the t- in the twenty tens, but not any in the in the in the not yeah, past, not anyone. That, yeah, so nothing past HD essentially. But HD is like two thousand. Seven, eight. Like the Bow Wow <laughs> era of 106 and Park, like the Bow Wow hosting 106 and Park era. Like yeah, that. that's got to be the HD era. So nothing Pat before HD. That's got to suck. I'll watch it even if it's blurry. <laughs> I would too. I would too. Yeah. Um, yes. Somebody just responded. Uh, shout out to uh, the Reaper uh, at the Reaper 24. He said, "Yes, the commercial promised that Thriller wasn't gonna be, wasn't going to be the number one video of all time. It was the all time list. Oh, it was an all time uh, list. Okay. I'm about to say it's kind of random to throw notarized on on some damn on some damn MLK speech. I'm like, come on, bro. We try to party. It's it's New Year's Eve." Well, it was because nah, remember 2000. They were doing it for the decade because we were going into like another decade. 
and right. thriller and they said that and i and i do remember that they, the the host kept saying it's not gonna be thriller it's not gonna be thriller 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 ended up being like number two or three uh mm. because thriller went to a commercial break because they played they played the full 20 minute version and then afterwards, <laughs> and then afterwards, these these stupid motherfuckers play the MLK speech, and I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> Is it? That sounds like that sounds like a special that they would run at like 1999 and be like, "Oh, we're going into the year 2000. You never know what's gonna happen, so let's drop our our favorite videos of all time." And they drop it like around December 31st, 1999. It sounds like that. I don't know if it was that, but it sounds like it. That. It sounds terrible. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> um. Number two, which I'm, this is presuming, I'm going off this list that may or may not it, but they have right after that Alicia Keys Falling, which I can assume, right? They played this shit all the fucking time. Yep. Um, They have Outkast, Miss Jackson. I felt like that was 2000, so I don't know about this list. They have um, Jay-Z, H. The Izzo, great video. Yep. Um, If you watch it now in 2001, you're like, damn, artists really showed up in other artists' videos. That's crazy. They had everyone in that video. I think the last I think the last big video with a lot of other niggas in it was um forgive me if forgive me if I'm wrong, weekend reminder had such so many random people in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's we we need that energy back. I think the last time I was watching a video, I think I was watching was I think it was Party Next Door Recognized, and I just saw Janae and um Big Sean. And I was like, oh, okay. That was cute. Just random people coming in the camera. Yeah, we just need people just... Too many niggas be clicked up, man. Staying into their own crew, staying into their three-letter abbreviations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That ass. It's always beef. Um, Usher, you remind me. Um, Nelly, ride with me. That's all good. Um, Ludicrous Area Codes, Eve, Let Me Blow Your Mind, Genuine Differences. Now, that was a big-ass song. Classic video. Classic song, classic video, classic everything. You would have thought genuine differences to 106 and Park was Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Like it was number one all the time. It's like and then off the counter and of course, 35th day in a row. <laughs> genuine differences. Oh my life has changed. Was it was it Invasion Diaries that I told the story of every time I think of the differences video, I think of September yes. 11th. It was right. Yes. Okay, okay. I wanted to make sure. That is that was a dark. <laughs> dark thing <laughs> it was it's, su- it's dark super antidote. random but it's, it's, it's super random but it's my truth bro like september 11th on mtv everybody that week everybody was stone-faced stern for obvious reasons yes and then all you hear is my whole life yeah, they would kick it to different they would kick it to differences to make it liven up i'm telling you uh, <laughs> pd pablo raise up is on this list that's um, a good video that's a great video. It's great. It's like for the culture. It was it, just for them to even have it that high or even on this list itself. It's amazing. Um, Mary J. Blige Family Affair. Listen, it's mm, classic. Mm, 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 um, the mm, Isley mm, Brothers Contagious. Yeah, that's like, <clears throat> that's how you know it's a nigga list. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you realize it was on. It was it ain't even sniff any other list on. Yeah, show. yeah. They said VH1 said what. TR, 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 TRL said Ronald Isley. Listen, in the fucking um, what's crazy is that this was a continuation from the the other fucking video down low, and I don't know whatever the Isley brother fucking cinematic universe shit, man. They they just had videos continue one after another. Um, Michael Jackson, you rock my world. Not featured on any other list, but BET. 
big, 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 big. Well, they made a they made a big deal out of it in MTV's return too. Oh, yeah. BT, but BT was for sure the ones that like kicked it in a full gear. Chris Tucker, when Michael Jackson, when Michael Jackson released that Invincible album, I just remember it them doing a different kind of press. Like it, you had to come to Michael. He wasn't showing up on 106 in part. Yeah. You had to go somewhere else to interview him. Like it, it, it was crazy. Um, it was like the first like Michael Jackson album of the century or millennium or whatever the hell it is. And actually probably pretty much the last. Uh sorry to be morbid. But Ludacris roll out. Classic um, video. There's a lot. Did. It's so crazy that MTV didn't even think about this video on their list. <laughs> and it was yeah. a L- Ludacris? Yeah. <laughs> It was amazing on DK mode, the entire video. <laughs> um, P. Diddy, Bad Boys for Life. Damn, that wasn't on the MTV list? Damn. No. It wasn't fucking with us until 2002, huh? But they, the, the thing is, the thing is, they played the, the thing is, they played the videos though. But when you hear, I'm an American badass, watch me kick. You can roll with us so you can suck my dick. MTV was, whoa. So, you know, they went they went with that over Diddy. <laughs> um, Usher, you got it bad. Missy Elliott, get your freak on. Uh, Sunshine Anderson, heard it all before. Hey, how did y'all, uh, hey, how did y'all feel when you heard the quiet? Hush your mouth, sounds when I spit it out. And you saw the spit for the first time. I was like, wow. Is that what I was like? What the fuck? Was, I was just like, <laughs> wow. Swallowed music the videos. Music <laughs> videos. Swallowed the spit. I was like, what the Dude, fuck? Dude, Odie swallowed the spit. Um, <laughs> JD Kiss, knock yourself out. Shout out to that. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trick Daddy, I'm a thug. Damn, that made the list? Okay. <laughs> yeah. City High, what would you do? This is how you know this was for us. Big Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Hardball featuring... The lead of the elite, Bow Bow Lil Zane and Lil Wayne. Well, that um, was a 106 in part video. The whole lineup. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, Love Don't Cost a Thing. Blue Cantrell, Hit Em Up Style. Uh, Ludacris, Southern Hospitality. That's crazy. It was on MTV's list. Um, 112, Peaches and Cream. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Peter. A, cla- a classic, Ray J and Lil Kim. Wait a minute. Peter. Mm. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. What 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 y'all doing? What dance y'all doing when y- when y'all hear when y'all hear this right here? <laughs> what dance you doing? The same one they doing in the video with the shoulders, ain't it? <laughs> Only the same one they doing. Yeah, in the, the same video. one they doing in the video. <laughs> Remember, they was everyone was doing like the 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 low key crip walk back in the day. Yeah, oh, man, the crip walk, but, but you couldn't but you couldn't throw up any sets though. You had you had to keep no. it straight feet. Nothing nothing with your hands. I always say this, but when Bow Wow and the uh, little Bow Wow, you just don't know, video, when he hit mm-hmm. the grip walk with the Harlem Shake, it was a it was a shift. It was a the par- Harlem the Harlem Shake in the Take You Home video is definitely a culture shift for like, sure. A culture shift. How he that was on some like game breaker NBA. <laughs> shit. Fuck? To this day, I still don't know how he did that. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't fucking tell you. That's why on the verses, um, that's why on the verses he was trying to get light on Take You Home. I'm like, no, no, stop. What are you doing? Hit the Harlem Shake. Hit the Harlem Shake with the Crip Walk. Stop fucking. Yeah, wait, why are you trying to get light? <laughs> um, also featured on this list, G Depp Special Delivery. Ooh. Classic, classic. I downloaded that video off because I. Meals, you got to end the episode with Special Delivery. Oh, I'm all right. You know what? 
that's perfectly fine. It's because special delivery, when they do the extended version with the seven minute intro, where Diddy's just like talking. Ah! Yeah. yeah. Diddy, Diddy was good um, for a. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he did it on Rick Ross' album. And it was like, what the fuck? Ah! Um, featured on this list, NSYNC, gone. Let's on the BET joint, that, that, did, that did do some damage on 106. I ain't gonna lie to you. That was the only one. That did damage. Yup, that was the only one that niggas was just like, all right, all right, you got it. All right, let's, let's throw a little R&B on it. Um, Jaheem, Justin Case. Mm, um, big skipping, record. Skipping this redacted video right here. Um, Snoop Dogg, Lalo. Lalo, oh, nobody move until I say so. Limo tent rolling deep like the president. Dum, dum, dum. You know what I remember off that record? Is a highly aggressive Dr. Dre at the beginning on the phone on the on the um <laughs> on the phone. He was like, "Tell everybody, suck our motherfucking dicks," and we still smoking. I was like, "Whoa, all right." All was, right that Dre. was West Coast yeah, rap. Yeah. That was West Coast rap to me when I was younger. Cussing. That was <laughs> just cussing. Cussing <laughs> and like rampant homophobia. <laughs> homophobia yet. Like accepted homosexuality in the lyrics, like, <laughs> like, like, but Dr. Dre's or or somebody said it could they could fit their mouth through the gap and someone's you know fit their dick in the gap, gap teeth in your mouth so my dicks got to fit with my nuts on your tonsils while you're on stage rapping at your whack ass concerts. I was like, huh? I feel like I shouldn't listen. have been listening to that. I I know I shouldn't have. I know I shouldn't have. Um, I'm gonna run through a couple of this. Uh, let's see. J- these are not like gonna be like deep cuts. So we got like to live quality and high tech. The blast. I was that Molly? Dun, 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 yes. Dun. Oh, that's 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 a G Unit's record anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, three LW play is gonna play. Did uh, Cam write that one too? Not nah, right. No, no, you didn't write this one. Bubba Sparks, ugly. <clears throat> um, let's see. Jada Kiss, we gonna make it. Jill Scott, the way. Mm. Jimmy Cozier, she's all I got. That made uh, the list. <laughs> what, yeah. a, what a 2001 record. Listen, I love that song. Um, Shine featuring Barrington Levy. Fucking, what was, I forgot what the fucking name. Is it Bad Boys or is Bonnie it on the telephone? She heard no, my Bonnie voice. And Shine. <laughs> So it was it was on the telephones to hear my voice, right? Oh, okay. Yes, yes. And then I'm gonna end with Saint Lunatics, Nelly, Batter Up. Boom. That was a big record. There I thought you were about to say Midwest Swing. I was like, please don't say Midwest Swing made this video. No, no, Batter Up. Um, yeah, that's all we got right here. Oh, they had another one. Memphis, Memphis Bleak, do my, do my featuring Jay Z. Very. Listen, I didn't know how much cameos they had in this video. First of all, if you want to know how jerseys were in like rap and how important they were, watch this fucking video. Like, they got every jersey. Serena Williams is in the video. Venus is in the video. Um, I mean, everyone's kind of in it. Yeah, they was doing a lot. They was doing a lot with this. Um, all right. Since we've recapped 2001, yo, Jay Z. I'm watching this video now, and Jay Z is playing Serena Williams in tennis. Mm-hmm. Who be he? <laughs> Who be he? Michael Jackson and Summer Jam, Serena Williams in a Memphis Bleed video. Who be he? Listen, what do you mean? Oh, love. Zero love. <laughs> this was when, oh, shit. This was when you, they were taking the tennis visors and you just roam to the flip side them. a little bit. Oh, I thought you were going to say they flip them upside down. They, you could do that shit, too. You could do that. Um, 
So shout out to that. We need to bring that. We might need to bring that back. Um, let's get into pro wrestling. Ugh. <laughs> Why ugh? It's a good. It's a good moment. Ugh. It's a good. This is a good. This is a good episode. Monday Night Raw, November nineteenth, two thousand one, live from the Charlotte Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. The invasion is finally over. Doesn't it feel good? Raw. Yeah, Raw. It, it, Raw had a big reboot energy. Of like, it had also a big re- reboot energy and a big like. If you really didn't watch wrestling over the summer, you might have not missed shit, <laughs> um, because everyone was back in their normal roles, legitimately after this invasion. Um, so we're settling in. I have in my notes. We're settling in this weird period in WWE after invasion and before the brand split, where we still have two championships. A lot of guys are finding their spot on the roster and more former WCW guys are going to be emerging on WWE television over the next couple of months. Um, It was definitely, I I have no idea what to call this era. Um, A lot of people are like, in terms of where the Attitude Era ends, well, let me ask you guys, where do you think the Attitude Era ends? Because for me, it ends at WrestleMania 17. Handshake. But yeah, for me, it ends there. But people have it until the draft, essentially. Um, no, no, they had they had decidedly they were still raunchy, but it wasn't like 1998 raunchy. Then it, it wasn't attitudinal so much as it was like right, really like a long term restructuring with a huge multi level, you know, Marvel level battle of the brands going on there. Like attitude area effect to me effectively ended with a handshake because it took the soul of that era teeming with the antithesis of that era you know the the anti-life or if you will of that era that era and saying okay this is a new story where the attitude era ends here the the it's almost like you know he, he got off the bus and he was like yo I'm, I'm i'm growing up now what about you mark where do you think the attitude era ended off i'd like for that to have been used by the wwe for the handshake because it felt like after WrestleMania 17, they just kicked the Austin heel thing like into a gear where he's beating everybody's ass. Now he has Triple H by his side. And we didn't really get to simmer into what just happened at WrestleMania 17, essentially. Like the Jim Ross call of he's shaking hands with Satan himself was actually very, very huge. And probably right. get probably doesn't get the right acknowledgement of this being an insane moment at that point in time to actually end that era at that point if they use what j5 just described that would have probably i think it would have lived on better in people's minds as far as like the start of that heel turn for stone cold steve austin for Uh, me the attitude era i think ends once vince has everybody surrounded in the ring and says, okay, we just changed our name. Uh, things might be mm. a little bit different around here right now. But the reason that it needs to be a little bit different right now is because y'all not doing much. Y'all not kicking a lot of ass. This shit ain't as hype as it used to be back then. And then <laughs> he uses the term ruthless aggression. And that is where things change for me. Because I felt like mm. the next week of television was just... I want to say it just felt like it had a little bit more of a spark after that promo within the next week. And they beat the term Ruthless Aggression uh, into you when you watch SmackDown oh, yeah. afterward. But when, it just when felt WWE marks the era, they let you know that they're Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we got attitude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, 
let's kick off Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw ends in a very, very... I mean, it starts it. It be, it ends awesome. Um, it begins in a very very awkward place because we've been talking about this for the last couple episodes. Mick Foley getting fired to kick off Monday Night Raw. To be honest with you, not the way I wanted to kick off Monday Night Raw. This <laughs> this Mick Foley undertones fake kind of a shoot, kind of playing into the story thing was not for me. And I and I wrote in my notes if Raw was an album, this would be the intro, the opener, and it would be like one of those skits that opened the album because despite the victory last night Mick Foley does not want to work for Vince McMahon and expresses his boredom with the current WWE product and he fully resigns from Raw Vince is about to fire him but then he opts for have a nice day um that was that was kind of like the most nice and respectful exit anyone yeah. ever had from this company on TV yeah <laughs> easily um it you know he legit leaves the company after this and and, and it ends McFoley's first WWE run which begins in the mid nineties with Mankind and everything of that it legit ends the first run. Um, I'm sneaking some wrestler observer, observer newsletter in this. Um, as noted in the past, Foley has not been happy with the direction of the company for a while. And a couple of weeks ago on Raw, you cut a promo alluding to all his issues with the company. And that the company has been dropping the ball, which was more shoot than scripted. Even though Foley seemingly left the company two weeks ago, Vince wanted to give Foley a proper send off. And since he's literally never had the chance to do that with any of his top stars, um, because most top stars who leave the company do on bad terms. So they had a pre-taped segment on Vince's jet. Vince smiled and said, have a nice day. Day feels like, and this is, we're talking about, um, Gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Dave. Yeah, there we go. Um, Dave feels like this was a pretty clumsy goodbye and pale in comparison to how, say, New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> for instance, reads oh, his re- treats their retiring legends. Cool, um, but better than nothing, he supposes. It was long expected that fo- after Foley retired from in-ring competition that he would stay with the company in an ambassador role, but it turns out that is still pretty restricting. Foley wanted more control over his ability to do non-wrestling projects, and the WWF contract meant that they largely owned and controlled whatever he wanted to do. So Foley is off to go do whatever he wants now. Dave said he can write more books, but without the WWF machine to help promote them, it might be a tougher hill to climb. So Mick Foley is officially out. We don't see him again until, I believe, I want to say 2003 or 2003. He, no, he was, does a special guest referee role. Yeah, yeah. He um he comes back in two thousand three, two thousand four. He actually is like the commissioner of ROH, so he he comes back and uh and does some uh, some stuff with them. And I think that was after he he uh he did uh, two thousand four after he did the WrestleMania match when they did mm-hmm. Rock and Sock Connection over again, and then he fought Randy, and then did he leave after he fought Randy again? I can't remember. I think he did. He was on and off. He, I don't think he was signed to a legitimate contract. With things with WWE, you kind of got to leave, and then you come back, and you can kind of renegotiate where you want to be in life. Yeah. Like, but as long as you work for them, they're like, nigga, what? You want to do what? Yeah, I, and I'm <laughs> low-key, fully instrumental with kind of getting that punk storyline over before he came to um, oh, WWE. Absolutely. So that was... He I was, remember that one. He was big in 2000. Like, he was a major part of that in, in saying... um. And saying, you know, well, Punk, if you if you don't take this match with the title, then your contract with WWE is null and void. And you know that was that was a really cool moment. Yeah, it was it was a great it was a great running 
series of matches. I remember even then those ROH matches with Punk going against Jane Gibson and I forgot who else he went against, but it was a, it was a string of opponents. But yeah, McFoley was very much so instrumental in that. Um, Vince McMahon opens Monday Night Raw. He's happy. He's jubilant. He's a winner. And he offers thanks to Kurt Angle for saving the WWF, but the people are not with that shit because the people do not like Kurt Angle at all. Um, and and fair. Um, one of the first things he does is he renames the WCW Championship to the World Championship. <laughs> he got that shit out of here ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we got the WCW title and the Rock has got it, but we're naming it to the World Championship. Unfortunately, he is still not the, I mean, by WWE lineage and their history, Triple H is still the first world heavyweight champion in WWE. Um, They still count this as WCW lineage. So Chris Jericho is technically the last WCW champion of all time. So (laughs) if you you wanted some technicality to that, Chris Jericho, finally won the big one, closes the door on the company. Um, Now, this is my favorite part of the segment, because Vince McMahon brings Paul Heyman out. And fully fires Paul Heyman via the First Amendment. Um, Heyman wants to scrap with Vince. He's like, oh, word, you're going to fire me? Okay, we can get it on, old man. I've been waiting for this forever. Vince McMahon takes off his jacket. Of course, he's jacked. And the pecs, yep, the pecs start showing through the dip. (laughs) That's me right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Listen, come on, man. No sleeves, I see it. Um, But instead... He runs out of the ring and tries to fight with JR. <laughs> JR called that JR, shit ASAP. JR pounds on him until security shows up. It's one of those hockey fights similar to the 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 Vince McMahon Bret Hart one that happened um a couple years earlier. Um it's great. It's amazing. Heyman is fully taken out of the arena. There's like four security guards. One has one leg, one has the other leg, one has the middle leg. And they drag him out. And Heyman is replaced by the guy who quit after they fired his wife, the newly single <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler. Big head. Um, how did you feel about Jerry the King Lawler returning back during this period? Back in the day, I was like. I, you know, not knowing back backstage stuff. Mm-hmm. I was, oh wow, that's a big surprise. But again, like this this show gives this show really gives you night after mania energy in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. this yeah. is just an example of that. I was cool with it because I liked I, I liked the combination of Lawler and Jr. As I'm sure a large amount of people do. Although I did like the different types of conflict that came between Jr. and Heyman. You're obviously not going to get that with Lawler and Jim Ross, but it just returns you back to the WWE feeling like how it did before March when Heyman made his, uh, made his uh, debut here. Right. Well, before just for personally on my note, like when I started watching wrestling, the only announcers I knew were Jr. and King. And then eventually like, I think Taz and Michael Cole will like pop up from time to time, but really I know it's Jr. and King. So hearing Paul Heyman now added to the mix, I was like, oh, this is different. Oh, this is kind of nice. I kind of like that they're playing off each because I thought Paul Heyman was actually hilarious during this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then they pulled him off of television. I was like, oh, Jerry Lawler. I like, you know, Jerry Lawler at the time. Um, puppies guy. Uh, puppies guy. Anyway, Heyman is back on his off-screen role. 
he's back. I think he's promoted to one of the head creative writers um, around the time, and especially when Smack when they do the brand split all after the fact, he definitely is for SmackDown. And yeah, he's off of television until there is time for him to emerge once again, which he does emerge less he, than six months later. He stayed on as a writer, though. He was uh, backstage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I don't I don't think we saw Heyman until the night after eighteen, where mm-hmm. you just saw him rush to the ring and said, "Kill him, kill him, destroy him," <laughs> and you see a huge vanilla Brock Lesnar just come in and just destroy everything in the ring. The Vanilla Gorilla. We're going to talk about that in another day, about how that name never really flew. Um, <laughs> Mark Henry was let's like, kick oh. off. <laughs> let's kick off the first match. It is Trish Stratus versus Lita for the WWF Women's Championship. It is the first WWF Women's Championship match on Raw in months. And who? <laughs> Send them back to the PC because they are terrible in this match. It is Trish Stratus's first title defense. And after watching this match, I was like, how the fuck is she in this position? How the fuck is any of them in this position? Um, they botched legitimately everything. The first <laughs> move. And it's a wrist lock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're supposed to just turn and turn the wrist. They don't know a wrist and, from a wrist, a wrist watch. <laughs> they don't know that shit, bro. It's unfamiliar to them. Um, in my notes, all I have is they're green as shit in this match. Like, looking at them now and seeing what happens about, like, five years later at that Unforgiven 2006 when Trish Stratus retires, it is completely night and day. These are two women who have eventually honed their craft and became much better athletes and in-ring competitors. But watching this and watching them have to go it alone and kind of build this match, and Trish is like, they're trying to telegraph this. They can't get the Irish whip off the ground. They can't, like, so many, like, of the little things, I guess... We take for granted now because every woman now is, you know, trained, properly, ready to go very, by the time they hit it, TV. Very um, light domestic abuse in this match with uh, Matt pushing Lita back. Wow. He's a little bit. He's a little bit. Honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know if I don't know if I, if I would really watch that and, and, and feel like a, a blame at a certain case, because I think this is one of the first, if not the first women's title defense on raw for a decent amount of time china held that yeah. belt until she left and we didn't get that women's championship match or a any type of women's championship match until that night prior in survivor series so all of this is still kind of like fresh even though obviously trish stratus has wrestled before mm-hmm. obviously lita has wrestled for plenty of times for the company before for it to have women's title implications it's been out of it for a decent amount of time and that was because of china yeah I agree. Um, but I mean, with this, with the roster that they were building up, I mean, you had Ivory, you had Molly Holly, you had Jazz at this point. It's clear that they're building a female WWF roster that was, yeah. you know, you know, that was going to go take it places. And it was truly the first like true competitive women's, you know, uh, division female. Yeah. Female women's division in WWF. So we were getting there. But boy, was it a while to get there because, of course, um. This match is just really do a move, get up, do another move, get up, <laughs> do another move, get up. Um, Trish pushes Lita off the top rope. She hits the apron. Matt shoves her back in the ring. Jesus Christ. And Trish wins via backslide. A terrible that's backslide. That, but yeah, backslide. That, was, <laughs> that was a backslide. That was, a, <laughs> that was one of the, what do they call it? The Red Rover shit where you, where you get, <laughs> get your hands and knees, you push somebody. Like, that's what that was. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was it, it was a bad match, but listen, they get better. That's all we gotta say about this. Um next segment, the remains of the alliance. The only members of the alliance that are left are Bubba, Devon, Stacy, Test, Christian, and Rob Van Dam. Vince McMahon says he does not believe in holding grudges before booking RVD in a handicap tables match against the Dudley boys for turning down his initial offer um, to join WWE months ago. And also Christian gets a little shot in. He was like, hey, man, it's great to be working with you. Vince McMahon is like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, I, I can't wait to send you somewhere. <laughs> I can't wait to send you out somewhere. Um, this is a very Vince Man heavy show, by the way. If you couldn't tell, this is he's everywhere in this match. He's everywhere in this night. Um, I have a note here. Linda McMahon is at WWE New York. <laughs> she literally looked like she was looking for sponsors for a future com- campaign. She's yeah. out there shaking hands. She, just, she was like, "One day, you niggers are gonna listen." To me. <laughs> oh, wow, that's what that's what she was saying. I thought she was just there for the chicken fingers. Yeah. No, one day she's shaking hands me. people imagine going to WWF New York and like who's gonna be there Linda McMahon it's like oh okay oh. it's calm night calm <laughs> kick, it's kick, kick, kickback night Linda McMahon at this time up. at this time um, WWF New York was already losing a ton of money because as if it wasn't expensive enough to maintain a place like that 9-11 happened yeah so um, there's nothing <laughs> happening in New York City especially Times Square yeah uh, WWF New York would be eventually changed to the world, and then it would be closed down. I think in two thousand two. Um, I have a I have a Wrestling Observer newsletter report right here, um, which is very pertinent because we have a quarterly investor call, as wrestling nuts love to listen to and report news from. Um, Linda McMahon surprisingly made very few excuses for WWF's current business struggles and basically admit that they have not been producing great television. Um, WWF runs down all the WWF business declines over the recent quarter and the company projections for the first quarter of 2002 profits and revenue numbers, uh, comparing the quarters from year to year and all that, blah, 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 um, says one interesting thing due to the decline in pay-per-view buys and the increase in TV rights. That means television is now the top priority and the company's leading source of revenue. It remains that. It, they said it remains that way to this day. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah, I guess. Well, no, I mean, uh, it, it was it was different then. We got to look at everything they didn't have back then. They didn't have streaming. They didn't have revenue from 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 ads and, and advertisers weren't making hand over fist billions of dollars just off of promotions and marketing plays. And, you know, this was this is a, a interesting section because with these results really just proves what was most important at that time. News, news networks and stuff like that, that were pushing things to TV. TV was right. getting expensive to produce and they were making more content to, to like for, for uh, people to look at those metrics back then and say, they still matter now when I can go on Hulu and watch raw and NXT and whatever the fuck I want to, I can go on bleacher report and watch AEW. I can go to fight TV and watch that too. Yeah. I have a network. I have so many things I can watch this on. How are you telling me? That if I don't watch Raw at eight o'clock on Monday, which I don't, and I often don't, that <laughs> that that means that, that that this doesn't count, and and WWE's losing losing my money. They get my nine ninety nine a month for a network. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, 
So since television is now their top priority, WWE has to be careful not to alienate sponsors anymore, which is why we aren't seeing things as risque as they were in 1999. Because TV is now the top priority, they can't afford to take too many risks. During the call, Linda McMahon talks about business being cyclical and made some other excuses for low attendance, 9-11, the failing Times Square restaurant, 9-11, and things like that. The usual excuses. But then she admitted that the WCW invasion angle had been... That's kind of that's kind of unfair. Did, did, did yeah. they write that that's an excuse? I mean, that's yeah. They wrote that nine eleven was their excuses, bro. It's it's a it's a it's a literal world changing event. That's kind of that's kind of wild. Just, just just hearing that is kind of wild to me. Absolutely. Um, but then she admitted the WCW invasion angle had been a failure and blamed that much of the company's recent issues um, for much of the company's recent issues. However, when talking about why the angle failed, she first blamed it on a skill level difference in the performers. Basically saying that WCW wrestlers weren't as good as WWF wrestlers. The niggas mid. <laughs> he said the niggas are mid. And the poor audience response to the WCW stars, specifically the night of the infamous Buff Bagwell and Booker T match on Monday oh, Night Raw. Oh, man. They blamed she, and Buff the stuff. <laughs> she also blamed creative confusion behind the scenes. In other words, the fact that plans were changing on a daily basis, which is something that falls squarely on her husband. Linda McMahon used a football analogy explaining why they dropped the angle, basically saying it failed and they had a backup and punt. Um, with the exception of RVD and Stacey Keebler, all the other members of the WCW and ECW group have been temporarily written off television. Many of them are understandably nervous about their futures. Some will be fine. But Dave thinks that some are right to be worried. Aside from Booker T, almost none of them would be terribly missed if they were released. But the plan is still to do the brand split and run two touring groups simultaneously, and they are going to need a lot of wrestlers. Most of them are still working house shows despite being fired on TV. So just kind of a, a, a status, you know, a state of the industry for the WWF around that time and kind of how things were declining, but they were still looking towards the future for the brand split, which was heavily, which was supposed to happen multiple times, which I'll talk about a little bit. Um. Next match, the Dudley Boys versus Rob Van Dam in a tables match. Jerry Lawler with the cringe moment of the night. I love Stacy, but there's just one problem. Too much in the too much of an age difference. I wish she could be younger. Huh? God. <laughs> what? She, he says that. It's still on Peacock. <laughs> I don't want to say anything because they're going to take off the episode. And I need to see. You need to see everything else that happens in this episode. But yeah, that is bad. That is bad. He literally says that on commentary. Too much of an age difference. I wish he could be younger. Did Jim? Um, did Jim? Jim say, laughed. Dear God, Jim laughed. <laughs> no, God no. damn it, Jim. <laughs> Jim laughed. He's like, ha ha. I think he was just glad to have <laughs> King pitting, pitting Jim next to a sexual, uh, you know, sexual abuser. It just is wild. Um, wild. notes that I have from this match: sick neck breaker to RVD from Devon. I was like, wow, you really he nailed that. Some, he was taking some crazy bumps in this match. Absolutely. First of all, missing the frog splash from it's 75% across the ring. I don't think if Devon stayed on it, he would have made it anyway. <laughs> but he attempts it and face plants right into the table, and the table, which is already probably pre broken already, breaks in half. Um, and then they're like, well, you can't lose the match because they have to put you through the table. So what do the Dudley <laughs> boys do? They attempt a 3D. 
with no running head start. Literally just the, the lamest, most limp, most flaccid 3D. <laughs> they, they fuck it up and then no, they fuck it up and then do it again. <laughs> they fuck it up because he once again face plants on the table and it doesn't break. <laughs> so they do it again and RVD finally loses his match. But hey, RVD is still over like Rover. <laughs> yeah, that's not changing for a good goddamn. Ah, when does it change? Never. That's a good question. Yeah, and never. Ne- yeah, I'm about to say never. Never changed. He was. He was also never a heel. Yeah. Ever. Um. Go ahead. No. Um. So I'm gonna skip the Kurt Angle thing because I'm gonna get to that during the match itself. But Vince McMahon, no shame in embarrassing his kids on national television. Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon pull up in a terrible rental car. How do they and get there? This is like the Baron Corbin thing. How are y'all poor already? She <laughs> <laughs> took the kids. I'm going to I'm going to explain that to you with one word at the end of the show when I give the definition for what a consortium means. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, within 24 hours they're poor and uh, <laughs> they drive themselves to the arena in a rental car. And they have to face their winning egotistical father. And Vince McMahon says, I love that the crowd is calling my daughter a slut right now. Keep it up. Wow. Chant it. Chant it. Um, to see where this family was eight months ago and see where this family's at now is really riveting television. Um, they come out and Shane McMahon manages to leave with integrity by just naming Vince McMahon the winner. <laughs> you won. Um Dave Meltzer reported that the original plans was to have Shane McMahon being sent off kicking and screaming. But I guess Shane McMahon didn't want to do that. Um, did with Heyman? Yeah. But we would still get Stephanie McMahon in this. Um, but Shane McMahon itself, we wouldn't see him again until he makes a small appearance next year during Bischoff's first night. I think they will, he, he was the like little fake out before they announced Bischoff as the GM. And... But he wouldn't be in an official program for two years until the summer of Kane. So, mm-hmm. um, Shane McMahon is off television for a while. Stephanie McMahon, on the other hand, blames it all on Shane, and she plays it up really. I think she plays it up really, really good. She's time. really good here. I, I think one of the most underrated things is that Steph became good on the mic almost immediately from the point where she cut that promo, that terrible promo after she got kidnapped by Undertaker, to now she got really. really good. <laughs> look at look at her though she has the little baby clip in her hair and she's kissing up she's like daddy yep yep, Um, you gotta do you gotta do father daughter she's playing all the little things what that mean mark you gotta play father daughter, bro she's blaming her brother she's blaming her brother this is none of me this is all his maniacal idea you gotta play up to your father listen come on you know what I mean? How do you guys feel about that? What? How, this is an aside. How do you guys feel about the name? The one thing that Vince McMahon was, did that's going to stop him from going to heaven, or he's going straight to hell for? I hate that. All, all of those that are participating in that thread, I'm just going to cross, put my cross over my heart when I say this, kiss it to the sky. The day that the passing comes, watch what those people end up tweeting <laughs> it's gonna be oh man it was such but he a was a genius part of my childhood and uh, but, but, but even worse mark those same things they're posting are going to be the reason why they remember him yes absolutely yes absolutely 
you really I don't think people realize he's playing a character on television. Yeah. He's 100 <laughs> This is not a real person. Um but he does what do not you take mean? He this. fired all of these people and um, it, 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 you just don't do that to wrestlers and blah, blah, blah. wait 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 till it wait till it happens the day that it comes. You are going to see a whole bunch of people remembering the good over the bad. Absolutely. 70 man hits all the right beats. But Vince McMahon has one word. He says security <laughs> and they grab her and escort her out the ring i think they do they edited out the peacock because i'm pretty sure this happened but they edit out the na 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 hey 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 goodbye thing that they would start doing once anyone was kicked out of the they company. did really wow oh i can't yeah. get cleared can't clear it nope. no can't, can't clear it. Damn. wow that's crazy out of every I, one of them now i i think i was yeah. watching the show and i remember that they did it and it was out of that one too so wait, when yeah. Bischoff got, when Bischoff gets fired, uh, spoiler alert for those that are are doing some watch ups <laughs> on um on some uh, ruthless aggression era. This isn't the, this isn't a good story enough it. to warrant spoilers. There's <laughs> more spoiler alert when Vince McMahon is screaming it to Eric Bischoff as he's walking away. They got to censor that whole thing too. I wonder how they censor that. I kind of got I kind of want to watch that. Probably just cut the whole segment. I, but I haven't oh, yeah, I haven't confirmed that that's actually cut though. So. Yeah, oh, okay. I feel like it, I definitely think the na 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 na. But yeah, for the Bischoff thing, I can't confirm whether it's been cut. But I know it was definitely cut on this one because I remember this shit. I remember the it was a big na 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 na. Hey hey hey, became a thing, mm-hmm. uh, and it just did. Um, shout out to the celebrity who's in the crowd, Mister T, one eight hundred collect. <laughs> That's all I remember. That's my first him. memories of Mister T. They didn't cut him though, motherfucker. No, they didn't. One eight hundred collect, baby. Come on. Dial down to center. Did you call ATT or call or call collect? Have oh. you ever called anyone collect? I've never called anyone collect. I didn't Why know. Would I, yeah, I'm trying to think. Where, what would have been? The I situation called my dad I collect, call collect once. I called my dad collect once, and he was literally like, "Why the fuck are you calling me collect?" Why was the purpose? What, what was the purpose of calling collect though? Because um, of the commercials. <laughs> the point of the. <laughs> because of the commercial, you just did it to. You just did it to feel like it was going to be a nice premium phone call. I used to do. I used to call. We used to have um, pay phones all the time. And I remember I would call the operator and ask what time it was. Like, I would just do, I was a kid in fucking school. And I would just call the operator and it's like, hey, can you give me the answer? Like, what time is it? And they're like, it's one thirteen, And I'm like, thank you. And that would be it. So basically, okay. So collect calls are kind of like, they call them like reverse charge calls, where the person who's calling wants to place a call and, and the person who answers the phone uh takes the takes the charge for charge it. You. yeah what a dick move yeah no wonder your dad was pissed yeah he was already pissed he was like, <laughs> what the fuck you called me collect <laughs> but, but i mean that was i mean there's there's there i would say there's a lot of uses for collect calls i mean obviously like of course people in jail um for kids honestly uh I mean, oh I'm, yeah oh yeah your kids calling you yeah you'll want to call, call yeah so because i mean you didn't have cell phones back then and yeah, yeah. um there was a lot of uses for it, you know. There was, there was a lot yeah. of uses for it. You were you were out of a quarter, didn't have any change. Yeah, I mean, and then oh, uh, so you call collect, and then the other person, call collect. okay, okay, yeah. other person and gets the fees. Yeah, I think the biggest usage for it was long distance calls. So, like, yeah. you know, the the person long distance will call because they pay a they pay a lighter rate at that time than we did back in the mm. day. So they would take that. So yeah, absolutely. Listen, call collect. Uh. I don't know if you could do that now, but you can. Um, you still can. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, the Rock versus Kurt Angle for the World Championship is on Raw. Um, 
Special note, I'm going to do a little Wrestling Observer News report. Angle's heel turn a month ago was made the day of. (laughs) (laughs) Originally, two people that were considered to be the Alliance Betrayer was Chris Jericho and The Undertaker. Wow. Who... Undertaker? Chris Jericho, yeah, Chris Jericho would turn heel eventually, and Undertaker would eventually. Undertaker turns heel like two weeks, a week after this. So, uh, I mean, Jericho, they teased it for like two, for like two, three months. So I was just like, all right, yeah. hit hit rock already. Like we're 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 getting, we're getting close here, but Undertaker would have thrown me completely off. Well, yeah, it, about, me it had to be Kurt, even though they were playing like ping pong with his character for his first year. Like he had literally. Kurt to me like strikes strikes me as where where Charlotte Flair is now where it got to a point where Kurt where he had done everything and yeah. it the thing that's different between him and Charlotte is that he could he could effortlessly effortless effortlessly play both um Diary. yeah you know what i'm saying he, he played both roles but like it's funny that like that's the one thing i feel like Charlotte does miss is that she's not really a good baby face like she's not, she was never a better baby face than her father was when he was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No. It, it was literally like they played ping pong with Kurt and it always worked because they knew he was a utility guy and they knew they could put him in those positions. Undertaker, I'm pretty sure, wanted to, to go heel, but he didn't want to probably be like that. The WCW guy, the WCW, like after being the yeah, WWF exactly. guy for so long. Because um, he turns big evil in, in the next month or so. Yeah, I think I think legitimately it's the week after this or like a week. No, it's like a couple of weeks after this. It's Vince McMahon... Gets his head shoved up Rikishi's ass, and then <laughs> he gets mad that Jr. laughed. <laughs> oh yeah, he this is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And he puts on the cowboy hat, and he's. <laughs> I just remember Undertaker cutting the wild. Oh my god, we got to do that show in the future one day. Um, backstage segment with Kurt Angle fishing from a compliment from The Rock. He's like, "Yo, <laughs> a little thank you." come on i saved our jobs here and the rock is like you went undercover for a month and bashed the rock's brains in with steel chairs for a month just so you could play your little 007 undercover thing and kurt's like yeah i mean um the rock says you lied to the rock and (laughs) This, and this, was getting, this was getting Mark excited. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> was it though? I mean, I, I, I don't think Angle's. I don't think Angle's cap here. No. In a rock. They. Why is my voice that high? I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I noted from this segment is that they pull out. Kurt Angle is supposed to leave or something. Then he gets pulled back, and then they do like this weird camera zoom in to the rock. Way too deep. They just zoom in, and he's just like, listen. The Rock is going to take you to, you know, SmackDown. I don't know, whatever the fuck he says. Something along those lines. Anyway, fast forward to the match. They have a semi-decent match. It literally, I think it probably lasts like seven minutes long, to be honest with you. <laughs> it just is what it is. Um, with Angle kicking the Rock's ass for most of the match. Rock reverses the ankle lock into a roll-up and gets the win, which is the most un-Rock finish that yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> The Rock doesn't do roll-ups, baby. <laughs> like, that's all I can think in my mind. It's like, how the fuck did they convince The Rock to do a roll-up? You don't do no fucking roll-ups. That's a nice um, review. Don't, don't give me the yeah. answer, bro. My back hurts. Actually, it was reported at this time there are a lot of people were injured. A lot yeah. of people were off the show because they were injured. Um, one person that we'll see later in the evening it definitely is. 
Um, nonetheless, Chris Jericho comes out because he is not done whooping that ass. And Angle and Jericho whoop the Rock's ass. And this would not be the last time we see Chris Jericho for the evening. Um, fast forward, the inaugural Kiss My Ass Club. All right. You want to talk about, talk about you want to talk about segments that have absolutely dated themselves as to like where we were and just how they were grasping at straws as to like how to make this type of shit work. This is the segment right here. Showing the man's ass on television. That'll get him. <laughs> and I got to give all the love in the world to William Regal, who still has a job at this company. And the, he better not ever lose his job at this company for doing this shit. Because it is it, it this this Regal's down to do any type of anything. He's a wild nigga. Listen, absolutely. But listen, I'm a, we're gonna laugh about this literally afterwards. But yes, he is 100 for kiss for doing it for being convinced to do it. I would have been like, you have to. I would never fire me. Just never fire me. I don't care what it is. I don't care what illness I have to go through. I don't care what hard times I'm on. You're keeping me on payroll for the next 20 years, and by God. He has not been released a single day of his career. He's been suspended for something with, I guess, steroids thing. But he has never lost his job. Ever. He never lost his job uh, because Vince was what well, Vince was tooting it up. Yeah. His mouth open. <laughs> he was a <laughs> he was tooting, 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 tooting. Yeah, here we are. I feel uh-huh. bad for the for the for the fans announcer side. <laughs> the fans announcer. Bad. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, because they saw the whole the whole piece of it. So one thing about this segment that I never re- that I haven't really realized until I was doing research for the show, they did a lot of kiss my ass club segment <laughs> after week after week, and they used they used to have a bumper for it with like <laughs> with him tooted over, yeah, with 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 the, with, the, with usually with the receipt or the person that would be doing it. The, the kisser would be having making a, a screwed up face, and Vince's booty would be right in front of them. It was the funniest bumpers I've ever seen in my life. So they had, I, I will, let's talk about, hold on, because I have to look it up again. Because um, there is many members of the Kiss My Ass Club. Vince McMahon is a member of the Kiss My Ass Club. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Vince McMahon, Wagle, is, Vince McMahon is Hornswoggle. Was supposed to be, Hornswoggle was supposed to be a member of the, and then he like low blows him. Um, <laughs> Eric Bischoff was supposed to be in the Kiss My Ass Club. He paid the ultimate price for giving Vince McMahon headaches. McMahon fired Bischoff as general manager of Raw the same night. When Bischoff came out, requested his job back. McMahon offered under the consent that he joined the Kiss My Ass Club. And there's Stone Cold Steve Austin laughing in the background. Um, Zach Gowan, originally supposed to be in the Kiss My Ass Club. Why was Zach Gowan supposed to be? Um, you know why. I'm about to you know why. You know why he was. You know they always they always bother people who are impaired. Zach Gowan. Oh no! Look, look at look at look at this. I just sent you guys. I just sent you guys in the, in the chat a picture of the bumpers that they used to have. These are the these are the Kiss My Ass Club bumpers. Every single one was like this. <laughs> look at Mick. Oh man! Look, I'm telling you, he's tuning it up. Look at me, mouth <laughs> wide open. That was Thank the first night. Make it look like I'm a stallion, but mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't even get tanned on on Monday. No. Um, he would sort of later after once they started like actually thinking he would start getting tanned. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he tried to do it the following day on Raw. He regret the decision because Austin refused to join the club and unleashed hell on the chairman with a low blow and then beat him with a leather belt as his pants was around his ankles. Um, Jim Ross joins it, of course. 
It was the Undertaker heel turn. Um, Shane McMahon joins it when Vince, when Shawn Michaels was supposed to join it, but then he low blows uh, Shane McMahon and puts him up his ass, I guess. Damn, everybody did um, low blows, huh? And uh, I believe Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty. <laughs> uh, WWE McMahon offered a WWE contract to Marty Jannetty under the condition that he joins the club. Marty Jannetty refused to do so. I don't know how he gets off. Um, and took the Master Lock Challenge instead. Yeah. The Master Lock Challenge. Oh, what a classic. Mc, McMahon gave the low blow to Jannetty and tried to make him a member of the club by force. <laughs> all, all, all right, bro. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> look, at, <But> should, <laughs> look at this picture of Jannetty. Jannetty, like, this nigga serious. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Janetti with the Ed Hardy yo, yo look at Vince yo Vince is busting it open nah bro does he even have draws on no <laughs> bro I, I can't even I think he took the draws down bro that's dead oh as fuck my. oh my god <laughs> there are so many of these and they're all not really that Why great my- <laughs> bro yo look at his mouth wide oh he's tuning it up yeah, Vince is like a stripper out there, dog. Look at this one. This is with Shawn Michaels, bro. Look at the bro. He has no draws on, bro. That's dead, bro. This is sexual assault. This is sexual. This is one hundred percent sexual assault. But that's how the that's how the Rikishi thing ended up happening, right? Because The Rock said Vince is going to join the Kiss My Ass Club, and then he brought out Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus pulls her pants down, and Vince said, "Nom nom nom nom," and went to go do it. <laughs> and then Rock said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 wait a damn minute!" And Trish pulled her pants back up, and then you we sick ended up freak. getting, yeah, yeah, you sick freak. And the Rikishi ended up coming out, and Jr. is going fucking crazy. Was it Jr. Was it Cole that was going fucking crazy when Rikishi came out? Oh, it was Jr. Because Jr. was also brought out after Trish. Oh yeah, and was yeah. Supposed- <laughs> And Rock was like, you go sit your ass down on commentary. And you go, <laughs> you go Ross commentary. was smacking his ass. He was like, oh, let's do it. I can't wait for Vince to kiss my ass. And he was like, no, 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 no. You go back and commentary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, going back to this the inaugural kiss my ass segment, I thought Jerry Lawler was tremendous in this segment. <laughs> what is he making fart sounds? He's already yeah. making fart sounds. He's, making He's, sounds. He's yeah. making all types, all the noises. Like, oh, my God. Like all the noises, and I was like, "Oh, this is why they have him around. This is why he's there." Um, Vince McMahon hams it up. He's like, "Yo, you gotta kiss my ass." Pulls down his pants. He's like, "Yo, don't think you're gonna kiss my ass with them chap lips." I think the 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 chapstick was might have been the most demeaning part. The green, (laughs) too green. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty nice ass. Um, go ahead, kiss my ass. Is what Vince McMahon says, and Jerry Lawler says, "Don't you love sports entertainment?" I think that sums up this segment pretty. I'm sure, nicely. a lot of people that night were like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> <laughs> um, Kane versus Jericho ends in disqualification. I literally, I'm just gonna forget them. There's no great part of this match because it lasts three minutes. Um, was, I mean, we could talk about how how terrible it is. Uh, ends with a chair shot, and then. Like he botched the walls of Jericho yeah. twice. He tries to do it twice, and then the refs just break it up. He's like, "All right, get the fuck out of the ring. Get out of the ring." <laughs> he tries to do it twice and botches it because Kane is too large, which is not a good sign. 
for a man who's about to be pushed to the moon. <laughs> if he's like, you're not big enough to put on a walls of Jericho and Kane. This man might be looking like, yo, you really do. We couldn't get this big motherfucker the breakdown. It was a fucking terrible move. Yeah. Listen, this was the beginning, though, of the make Jericho look strong thing because they were um, they were adding him pretty much to the world title picture thing. They're going to do the four man thing, which is still makes no fucking sense. Um, the tournament thing for the world the undisputed world title, but they wanted to make him look strong, and this was part of it because he beats down the Rock and he beats down Kane same night. You know, looking pretty good for Chris Jericho. Um, this isn't shown on the show, but I want to give a little special thing to the WWF Desire videos. Um, I, I I linked one on Twitter the other night. Someone said it's the best propaganda that they've ever put out. And I was like, you know what? I agree. <laughs> damn, okay, damn. They, I think they started doing this in the summer. I really want to think they started doing this after 9-11. But um, WF Desire videos, Creed. Put Creed on the map for me. One of them should have been hit him up style. Hello. All right, you know what? <laughs> They did a couple of videos. I think they did one with the Kid Rock. They did one with POD Alive. They did one. Um, the Desire video with Triple H for YouTube Beautiful Day is still a fucking classic. That is that is something that was very out of out of all those Desire videos. I think that's the one that ends up being the most meaningful because as you talk about vengeance, they ended up having the promo more arc. meaningful than Will Fly and like some nigga jumping or some nigga doing the Swanton Bomb or something. I think uh, well for me because it was we said we haven't seen Triple H since May like the the yeah. that injury ended up being so bad and then then the vengeance stuff started coming out you saw Triple H on the vengeance promo right with the sledgehammer and you're like oh fuck here it is here it is here it is and we don't see him at least for another uh month or so but the way that they played Triple H in his rehab he's in the hospital going hard trying to make sure that that leg is getting right and then they show the pedigrees and all the sledgehammers all the things that I hated at that point in time I was just like holy shit this was so amazing back then but because they have it going up to you too and then it just fades out and they don't really give too much on Triple H's return at that point in time so I was hyped to see Triple H it's a beautiful day dun, dun, dun. and they line up three sledgehammer shots with that dun, dun, dun. and I'm like yeah all your favorite niggas too like, <laughs> yeah yeah the rock's bleeding, bleeding bleeding profusely woo can't wait oh my god um let's talk about how William Regal gets his get back immediately after kissing this man's ass on national television um, I don't even use your heat back after that. It's like, but then they do it to Taz. It's just like damn. the best running gag of the Invasion <laughs> Diaries has been Taz being hoed, and they don't skip a beat every show that I do for this. They don't skip a beat at all because Taz comes up. He's like, huh. you know, what does he say? Like, pussy kiss ass. Yeah, <laughs> and and then Regal drops him <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, they have the match. And before even Taz smokes clears, <laughs> Regal locks on the Regal stretch and <laughs> beats Taz. And it's just like, damn. He never had a chance. Now he's going to be announcer for full time. Listen. He was listening. Get your money. Fuck Taz. All right. I agree. Uh, Angle gets run down by Edge. Edge is another person who is injured, actually, and isn't featured on, I guess, much of the shows until he gets his... uh. He starts feeding with William Regal a bit. 
And they give Regal the title literally after this. So can't say that that kiss and ass didn't pay off. Um, it's an Angle gets run down. Elite club. It's an elite club, you know. Yeah, it's a elite club. If you're in there, you not with Marty Janetti in it. No, oh. not Marty Janetti. But Mar- Marty Janetti opted for the Master Lock Challenge. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, he said, oh yeah, he said no, yeah. Janetti is in a, another class. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, who wouldn't turn down the Master Lock Challenge at a certain point in time? You feel me? That's like that's, that's, that's just like a high school classic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Angle gets run down by Edge, who says that he saved his own job, and Angle is sad that no one appreciates him. <laughs> That's, that's me, RNC. That's, that's me every day. What? <laughs> but Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon asked him, he's like, hey, do you want to be WWF champion? And he says, really? <laughs> yeah. Austin isn't showing up. He hasn't showed up tonight. Listen, they don't do enough of the champion hasn't showed up. Where is he going to be to the show? Like they do for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up for work did that at for 59. They just did that for Karrion Cross like a week ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he, uh, you would imagine he was waiting for his match, but not the, will Karrion Cross show up and he shows up at 1058 for work? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> well, I, think Austin, they, I think they pulled though. He, he came around the front. <laughs> yeah. Austin shows up after 11 for his, for his job. For work. This week. <laughs> hey, man, you going to fire me? I you am the what show. you want me popping. No. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle come out. And they prepare to strip Austin of the WWF championship and award it to Kurt Angle for saving the WWF. And Vince McMahon lets him know it does not matter what these people think because he is the sole owner of the WWF. And you see the G- Vince McMahon able to flip the switch from starting the night jubilant, embarrassing his, you know, his children. And now he's ultra mega, mega maniacal heel again. Listen, there's only one Vince McMahon. Um, Suddenly, the theme, the theme of all theme comes out, and Ric Flair comes out, and the Charlotte crowd goes absolutely fucking nuclear. <sighs> you would have thought, oh my, I mean, I can't even say you would have thought Michael Jordan in the room, because it's fucking Ric Flair. Like, <laughs> Excellent, excellent Rick- place to do this, excellent place to place his, uh, to play, it, it, this would be as big as if you fucking like, you brought back CM Punk in Chicago. Like, that, that's the same thing you would hear. Yeah, this is this is the perfect place to go. Physic Man immediately tries to downplay the entrance. That guy asks, "Yes, oh, I didn't know we were in Charlotte, North Carolina." Hey, Rick, <laughs> nice to see you here. And I get the hell out. Um, and Rick Flair says he's got news. Now I'm going to explain this <laughs> in the best way that I can, but I'm counting on you, J Five, to help make sense of this if you can. Okay. Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon sold all their WWF stock in June to finance the invasion. Uh, Unlikely, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) They sold it to a consortium. A consortium is an agreement, combination, or group (laughs) formed to undertake an enterprise beyond the resources of any one member. Yes. They sold it to Ric Flair. They sold all their WWF stock, which, according to WWF lore, um, Vince McMahon owns uh, 50% of WWF, and I think the other two kids own 50% collectively. Well, continue. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know where Linda comes in. I forgot where Linda comes in, but I think she sells part of her stock as well, or something along those lines. Um, to Vince or something. Uh, Ric Flair now owns fifty percent of the WWF because he owns fifty percent of stock in the WWF. This is the most Saturday morning cartoon explanation. <laughs> Not even really sure if this is an actual consortium because when you think about consortiums, you think of uh, the Transatlantic, uh, the Trans Alaska pipeline system, and that was a consortium of BP, Arco, Exxon. I think Mobil was part of it, and this is a, all the all the gas companies, oil companies teaming up. That's what you think of a, as a consortium. Are we to believe that? All right, <laughs> what we know about Ric Flair, notwithstanding that Ric Flair and all of his infinite wisdom, being an NWA and WCW for so long, had enough money to not only could absorb all of that of that debt that they had and, and all of those those earnings that they had to create his own thing. We don't know the name of that company, by the way. They never tell you the name of the consortium or whatever it is. And then right. to actually have those the stock. If they were actually public at the time for real, for real, no one would ever let that happen. They, their, their stocks will fall immediately. There's, they'd say Ric Flair, a guy who we've never known to, to do business and up, up to this level, the guy who's, who's only... You know what I'm saying? His only saving grace was was being an NWA champion at the time? Absolutely fucking not. That's not what a consortium is. Also, let's, big question here. What exactly did they need to fund the invasion other than contracts that were probably <laughs> already guaranteed at that point? A lot of these people were already on, on contracts. Travel. <laughs> over. Travel. Title belts. Uh, logos. Graphic yeah, designer. You looking at you looking at considering all of the money that they've inherited or they have. Let's just say a solid motion or a solid number in 2001, inflation notwithstanding. I'm not familiar with what what airplane tickets cost at that time. Let's say that they they have 40 million all in on these people, and they've had sure. that, they've had that 40 million. They're not going. They won't. They won't overseas. They won't overseas one time. They they probably spent about five to six million that year. So they was they they had they was that broke all in. Oh my God! Thank time you. Warner money, baby. Time time AOL Time Warner merger, baby. Hey, come um, on, you got free money now. I'm interested in how they explain this to any stockholders who may have been marks at this time. Um, <laughs> Vince McMahon does the ear thing, which I love. Classic. He never really does it again. <laughs> he does it again. He does it again. Oh yeah, yeah he, oh, he, does. he does it again. Yeah, DX. Bruce Br- DX. Bruce Pritchard, um, Bruce Pritchard on the Something Russell with says that the ear thing was supposed to signal for Austin's music to hit. Yeah. <laughs> so dead. <laughs> but they were dying in the background that him doing it, that they actually delayed Austin's music hitting <laughs> because they were laughing so hard at that ear thing. Um, so Ric Flair now owns 50% of WWF. Which would have been a million times better if he owned WCW over the past five months. <laughs> that actually would have been that actually would have been cool. As soon as I start thinking about like what would have made people happy in the invasion, obviously people say, "Well, if you had Goldberg and you had the NWO and you had Flair and blah blah." Probably adding Flair as buying whatever percentage as the head of, of the was at that point, the head of this, yeah, yeah, the head exactly. Of this that would have made people a little bit more invested. A little bit, yeah, a little bit, maybe a lot of it. Um, Austin, all right, so here we go. Austin comes out after Ric Flair announces that he owns 50% of WWF and Vince McMahon goes crazy. Austin comes out. Um, I asked this to Rob Nelson on the last episode. How do you guys feel about Austin's music? This is a show not ending with 
but instead ending with um they tried to heal it up and i thought it was he had two he had two different themes when he was healed it was the it was the dun 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 but then they got rid of that for the no it was a and it was like an extra guitar on there like yeah yeah it was that yeah yeah and then they had the damn that's a weird thieves when does he get the disturbed one the disturbed one i think is after mania okay i'm taking no crowds would go you want to see a you want to see a crowd a roof a roof just fly off wait till that that's my favorite one that's my fucking favorite one um austin beats up both angle and vince before the meeting rick flair and taking his title back and they toast as raw goes off air we are now in a new era wwf where people where they own two different parts of the company now um would you like to know how this rick flair deal happened yeah sure wrestling observer new le- newsletter reports rick flair had verbally agreed to deal with the wwf on the night of survivor series to accept a buyout from the WWF on the remainder of his Time Warner contract. The deal wasn't signed until about three hours before Raw, where he debuted, at at which point Ric Flair officially signed with the WWF and Time Warner released him from the remaining of his WCW deal. So all they had to do was buy out the con- all, the, all they had to do was buy out the contract if they wanted these people in these Time Warner contracts? I think no. I think he had to. He had to accept, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess kind of. It's not like they were paying him the rest of the Time Warner deal um, because that's a lot more money. But he pretty much had to accept like less money. But guaranteed money over a long period of time because you're yeah. signing these. I feel like um, it was a photo finish because WWF didn't know if Flair would get the release in time. And they didn't really have a backup plan if he didn't. With WCW no longer in business and no more WCW office staff, the Time Warner people are left handling all the WCW contracts, and because of that, things are moving more slowly than normal. As seen on Raw, the plan for Flair is to pay, is to play an adversary to Vince McMahon, which he them holding 50% of WWF, which ultimately leads to the long talk brand split with Vince McMahon in charge of one side and Flair in front of the other side as co-owners. Flair has had on and off again talks with WWF, Ever since WCW folded in March, but the holdup was always Flair not wanting to walk away from his WCW contract, which guaranteed, which guaranteed him big money until February of 2003. Jesus. He will turn 54 years old in a few months and signed a three-year contract. He's expected to work some matches, but only on big shows, and his first match won't be for a few months because he really wants to get back in the shape that he was in. Um, since he hasn't wrestled in a long time. Flair's return to North Carolina, no less, got a huge pop. And he says it was one of the top three or four biggest highlights of Flair's career. So February 2003, that's probably why we didn't see Goldberg till after Mania, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goldberg was... A lot of people didn't want to get out their contracts until they realized. Yeah. (laughs) That's why Hogan, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see everything that's happened. When you hear Uh, about... When, when someone says, hey, man, Ric Flair is your boss. I know you worked with him back in the day, you know, and y'all used to go to the bars and you used to saw how he used to treat people and how he was getting hoes. And 
Now he owns 50%. He's signing your checks. I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm quitting. First of all, Ric Flair, I'll, I'll admit this, 2001 Ric Flair does not even have, it's weird, he doesn't have any of the luster that he would has actually now. Like, as much as it was the limousine flying, jet ride, limousine ride and jet flying, all this other stuff like that, this is still like a year or two removed from him wrestling in complete dress clothes. Has his gear, yeah, and loafers and pants and a t-shirt because he's too he's lost all his confidence and stuff like that. So he's still in the midst of this, even though he's regarded as Ric Flair, even though behind the scenes he's working out with Triple H and he's getting accustomed to the country. He does not have any of the luster. It's just really, really weird. His eyebrows seem really prominent for whatever reason. I don't know. It was just weird. Um, let's talk about the post invasion work before we wrap up everything here. Post invasion. Vengeance 2001, and it's supposed to be billed as Triple H's return. And I put, they even do the, the WWF Desire videos. Um, but he doesn't return till after Vengeance, but everything leading up to this point, Undertaker turns heel, which was the first thing that they've done in quite some time. Chris Jericho becomes WWF Undisputed Champion. How did you guys feel about Chris Jericho becoming Undisputed Champion? That was pretty tight. It was cool. I mean, at the time, I mean, they had no direction for him. He was like the second most important person on the show. Yeah. At all times. I think it was <laughs> Stephanie was really the death knell. I, I know that he always feels like, I think he's always felt like that run in 2008 or 2007, 2008 was, was like, yeah, his, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. It was his best run. And, and I'll agree with him there. That, that was to me, the pinnacle. It, I mean, it goes, obviously he had the cachet and everything, man. Yeah. He had the, he had everything that he didn't have in 2001, literally two years into the company. And there are guys there that were in there like six, seven years, and he didn't have any of the stroke. He didn't have any of the cachet. He still had any. I think he still was an enemy to Triple H backstage. Mm-hmm. I feel like it. Yeah, um, I mean that was to me my favorite incarnation of him, and it, and that heel turn came from such a such a um such a a real place, like like such an yeah. organic storyline with with Sean and Batista and Rick and all that stuff. That that was a, that was a really awesome storyline. So like when you compare it to that, like no, I mean we went, once Triple H came back, we were like, oh okay, we know what's going to be. Absolutely. Did, did the red streak of hair do anything for you guys in December two thousand one? No, no, no. no. And add a little <laughs> bit of pizzazz. No, the and the 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 he he hammed it up. He he's done a. I think Chris Jericho has done a good job and. When you talk about eras of his career, it's clearly defined what era of his career he's in by the look that he has. And he 100% hammed it up with the, like the leather pants and the bad, terrible shirts. Um, I've talked about uh, Vengeance 2. Well, I've talked about pay-per-views in general and how you kind of had to like play them. Um, you kind of had to like decide in your head which are the pay-per-views that are worth asking your mom for at certain points in time. So I skipped Vengeance 2001 because I was like, ah, it probably is going to be yeah. Austin or Rock as champion. I could just read the results on WWF.com. Four men, three matches, two championships, two championships one won. winner. Uh-huh, yeah. I was, I was feeling that when I was like, ah, I, don't, I probably don't have to watch that, right? I can read the results. <laughs> I go on WF.com around 10.30 or 10.45 or so and refresh, and I see Chris Jericho has won the championship. I was so tight. Well, what stops it from being just The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Um, It would have uh, – who, who was first? I think the WWF why did the, why did they the need to? First, right? Yeah, Yeah, why did they need to include – no, but why does it – why does the tournament thing even have to happen? 
you're building up to this thing. Like you had the Survivor Series encounter. You obviously had the WrestleMania 17 thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why do why are we not just doing the Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Because I guess you gotta kind of gotta throw in the fact that Kurt Angle just saved the company and he needs some type of shot. And that's then, a matchup. That was kind of like them doing. It, they always had a modicum of restraint when it came to Rock and Austin, where it was like we are only mm-hmm. doing this. In extremely specific circumstances, but nearly only on mania. You know, everyone's like, this has to be a mania match. And when it happens on Clash or Champions or something, people are like, oh, it should have happened in mania. And <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. nowadays we're like, happens at TLC 2013. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> nowadays we're like, eh, that doesn't really need to happen in mania. Like, there's only certain things that need to happen at mania. And I think that's just like the, the nature of the way that they book things now, whether you agree with it or not. I'm not this type of guy that's like, this has to happen on this show, but like, you know, Rock and Austin is one of those where I would be like, yeah, this has to absolutely happen on this show. These are these are, you know, the, the most visibility there. So if you want to put I mean, you do the tournament because you want to put Jericho over those two. You know what I mean? You want you want to put some guys over them. So I get it. Would yeah, it have hit absolutely. the same as a fatal four way? Uh, would have been weird. I thought it would have been weird. You, Just you, having two belts yeah. and four guys. You ha- you have Jer- you have Jericho go through those guys and yeah as much as they tout that i really don't feel as though it meant much after the fact because of the way they booked him after the fact he just felt like a whiny heel champion he yeah was- yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um in the months afterwards nwo debuts in wwe with hogan nash and hall we'll get into i mean there's a bigger story with that that's a i was gonna include a little bit of stories but that might be for like a post-invasion diary thing um WrestleMania 18 happens in Toronto. Hogan and Rock steal the show. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Austin would have loved to go against The Rock on this fucking show. Because <laughs> what he was doing, oh boy. Neither um, neither of them were happy with where they were at at, the, at that point. But I'm pretty sure The, absolutely. Rock, the Rock got more. But Rock had, a, Rock had a second job. Yeah. <laughs> Rock was like, I got two. Th- you know, I can just hop away and do this. Um, the brand split happens the week after WrestleMania. It's supposed to happen. Um Originally, reports say that the brand split was supposed to occur, or at least was planned to occur, on the January 7th episode of Raw, where Triple H returned. So, that's initially where it's supposed to happen. It was actually pushed back quite a few times. Um, in OVW, there are several names ready to be called up in 2002, and we see the ruthless re- aggression resurgence. We see Brock Lesnar debut. Rico. Rico was a big deal in OVW. That's why I'm naming it. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, the, boy had a, the boy had a good spinning heel kick now. Come on now. He was, <laughs> he was 40 now. years old in OVW. <laughs> he was a full he was 40 years old when he debuted. Isn't that crazy? Batista, um, yeah, Batista was like, No. Oh. Rico. Oh. Um John Cena, known as the prototype. Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin, Batista, and Victoria, all stalwarts of the OVW developmental brand for years. They would get ready to be called up in 2002. How would this mix in with the double brands thing? We'll find out pretty soon. Um, one company that I would like to name. Actually, there's a couple companies, but I'll do this. The XWF. The X Wrestling Federation, later referred to as the Excitement Wrestling Federation, was an American professional wrestling promotion. Can you tell I'm reading this off of Wikipedia? Absolutely. That operated from 2001 to 2002. The home for the tapings were... Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
It was ran by Jimmy Hart. Um, XWF rumors. So this show essentially XWF post WCW. A lot of the guys are trying to figure out where they're supposed to go. XWF was a brand where essentially all these wrestlers that were out of the didn't want to sign over to the WWF, didn't want to do that, could still work and still be presented. And they wanted to get a TV deal. They wanted to have a second company. They wanted to have something, another place where people could work. So it wasn't just WWF. A little bit about XWF. Um, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, first thing first, Nasty Boys became the first ever tag team champions of the XWF. <laughs> you can start right there. You can start right the there. Nasty Boys. <laughs> Rena Merrow, formerly known as Sable, is the commissioner. Wait, with Roddy, with Roddy Piper running the show, and they tease friction between them, which is supposed to lead to a Piper heel turn eventually. Piper hosted a Piper's Pit segment, which they call In Your Face with Roddy Roddy Piper, because they can't legally call it Piper's, Piper's Pit. Pit. <laughs> That's funny. L- Low-key, the wrestler worked the tapings using the name Quick Kick. Um, Hoofentude Guerrera won the Cruiserweight Championship of XWF. How prominent. Um, they set up a mixed tag storyline with Jerry Lawler and a new valet named Kitten against Simon Diamond and Don Marie. But with Lawler back in WWF, who knows what will come of that? Uh, let's see. They have a lot of... Buff Bagwell was supposed to come in as one of the top baby faces, but the crowd brutally booed him and chanted <laughs> Bagwell sucks. Oh, and you got fired on the oh, taping. Oh, come on. So they had no choice but to turn him heel. And then he did a promo referencing him being fired from WWF and rumors of him calling in sick and all this other. His mom called in sick for him. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Dave doesn't like that they're referencing obscure stuff, like which things that mostly wrestling fans know about, much less crowd tourists, which was mostly the people there at Orlando Studios. Um, Vince Russo handled a lot of the booking for the show. Vampiro appears to be getting pushed hard as one of their top stars. Oh, what a and name. a couple and a couple matches suck so bad that they retape them the next day. <laughs> um, as for XWF in general, the reports have been mixed. Everyone involved had nothing but great things to say about how well run and organized things were and how everyone was treated well. The matches were said to be pretty bad, considering most of these roster stars are either green bodybuilders or washed-up 80 stars. <laughs> Jesus. Jerry Lawler was said to be fantastic on commentary. Again, Jerry Lawler ends up signing with the WWF and leaves the brand. Um, he was on commentary with Tony Schiavone. Um, of all the wrestlers, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels reportedly impressed the most people, mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise Dave at all. Uh, you know... Roddy Piper was more coherent than ever in WCW, <laughs> and Rena Mero got shockingly little reaction to the point where people backstage were surprised about how not over she was. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to see. Da-da-da-da. Okay. Um, shortly after that, I'm not. I think that's the end of the XWF thing. WCW guys. After long negotiations, Rey Mysterio eventually signs to the WWE and debuts in the summer of 2002. Shout out to that. That's another story for another day. After long negotiations, Kevin Nash agrees to sign with the WWF after his Time Warner deal expires but does not want to work the full 180 dates. He does not want to work full-time schedule. Um, Scott Hall, who a lot of the stories surrounding this that I've read, they didn't want to sign him back because of all the problems with uh, drinking. 
and then he eventually they do sign him back and then he has an episode which fucks up with a lot of people hulk hogan returns as well there are talks to this thing to join the WWF, but nothing ever materializes. You know, we'll hear um, that every year for the yes <laughs> for the next uh, decade and a half. Uh, we'll hear that every year. That's not a that's not a new story at all. Like they continuously think he's coming to WWF. Do y'all remember the this thing in Undertaker WrestleMania uh, edits that they used to make? It's supposed yeah, to happen at WrestleMania course. thirty and shit like that. Yeah, those were hilarious. Of course. Um, Kurt Hanging, Kurt Henning was originally supposed to be the first XWF champion. He's supposed to have a one-off in the 2002 Royal Rumble. That runoff turns into a full run as he signs with the WWF <laughs> as opposed to the XWF. Um, and despite his body being shit, Scott Steiner eventually signs with the WWE and returns in November of 2002. And the last little bit of the post-invasion thing. Um, Jeff and Jerry Jarrett new promotion will be called NWA Total Nonstop Action. Jeff and Jerry will be the president and chairman, respectively, with Bob Ryder. Blah 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 blah. blah. Jeremy Borash is involved somehow. The idea is to tape shows every other week on Wednesday nights with four-hour tapings, with the first show airing live on pay-per-view and the other two hours being filled for the next week's show, and then sell it weekly on pay-per-view for ten dollars. Which definitely did happen. Um, Dave doesn't see how this could work, and he says that everyone has talked to, including new people, don't see how it can work. Um, according to sources, they'll need to pull in between forty and fifty k buys just to break even on a weekly basis. Um, blah 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 blah. Let's see what else they got. The biggest names in the new TNA are expected to be Jeff Jarrett, along with AJ Styles, Road Dog, Disco Inferno, the Harris Twins, Brian Christopher, Shane Douglas, and Conan. Dave expects Jarrett to be with the NWA title immediately. And I mean, I wouldn't say immediately, but he eventually gets it and he gets it for a while. AJ Styles is expected to get a big push and they want to build around him as a new unknown star. And that pays off. Finally, Ken Shamrock signed a 26 show contract with the promotion and they're going to let him to continue to pursue MMA outside of the wrestling commitments. Ken Shamrock was originally in conversations with the WWF for returning, but they wouldn't allow him to do the MMA. So that's why he opted to go to TNA instead. Um, and yeah, they're doing it at Orlando studio. The first ever TNA roster includes AJ Styles, Alexis Lurie, known as Mickey James, Bob Armstrong, Chris Harris, Don West, father, James Mitchell. Oof, that aged badly. Um, Francine, Grandmaster Sexay, James Storm. <laughs> Why, Why did I laugh? Rest in peace. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I just I just think of fun, positive things when I think of Grandmaster Sexay. Jeff Jarrett, Jeremy Borash, Jerry Lynn, Jimmy Yang, Kay Crush, who would then be known as Ron Killings, Ken Shamrock, Loki, Mike Tanay, Percy Pringle the Third, rest in peace, Prince Justice, and Rick Steiner. And TNA would go on to be the alternative for WWE for quite some time. That is the Invasion Diaries. That was a lot. Yeah. I feel like I covered a lot. I yeah. feel like you, you're perfectly, you kind of see where it was going, kind of see where the wrestling business was and where it was going in the future. Obviously, well, through, WWF. Through shit and chaos, we're, we're, we're starting to, it's going to take a while for WWF, but it, you're starting to see a little bit of a, a, a new, a new, 
bridge forming with with X, uh, XWF folding, giving us AJ Styles and all these other people that will go on to work for other companies. And you're starting to see some emerging stars and they're going to get some competition very soon. Absolutely. And, and I guess what the wrestling business would assume would be the death nail for it all in terms of no places to work. I didn't even talk about because ROH happens a couple of years later. So I didn't talk about ROH. Um, but you get to see the other companies starting building up and rising up and they would build up a new, pretty much a new uh, environment of new pro wrestlers that's going to take over the world. So, hey, the Invasion Diaries. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been nine chapters of fun doing this. I'm sure I will do some bonus episodes in the future. But thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, first of all, Justin, for being on the show and just being on the show multiple times. Absolutely. Uh, um, and Mark, of course, for being on the show and being on the show multiple times. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all having me and, and including me in this. I hope with time, I mean, I don't think a lot of people's opinions change on this era. The thing that ends up you know, staying in my mind at a certain point with a lot of this is how people revere the era of 2001 wrestling being so amazing with this being kind of like the black eye of it. But it ended up kicking off so many things that we end up loving in mm-hmm. the coming months. So there's a there's a positive and a negative to it. What do you guys think is the lasting legacy? It's 20 years later, the lasting legacy of the invasion. What I, do you guys think? I think the lasting legacy of it was... A lot of people look at it from a negative way and it's like, yeah, they did fumble something big. But I I think a lasting legacy is like something that people don't see is that this company needed that competition. But also the lasting legacy of this is that this is the beginning of what WWE is now where they own like them buying WCW and and getting and collecting all of this is literally probably the reason why they're still alive right now because of the tapes and all the they own. If they didn't do this move wrestling isn't you know now they're trying to reemerge it as a, a mainstream entity but it doesn't get there if they don't like that that motherfucking um tape library and them owning all of this is the reason why we have what we have right now honestly like because they don't get the billion dollar deals if they don't have all of this this back content to have and and, and to be able to show and keep in mind with that you know three years later it kicks off the ECW DVD that ends up being one of their hugest selling DVDs as far as like nostalgia. And that kicks off one night stand pay-per-views that gets more returns of ECW wrestlers that people had missed in so many different points of time. It really makes, it really makes sense in certain areas of it. Obviously the wrestling ends up telling a different story than the business portion of it. But without what happens with literally from March all the way up until December of 2001, we don't get a lot of things that we love in 2021. Absolutely. Um, This has been the Invasion Diaries. I'm Mills. Thank you guys for joining me on this ride. And I will see you. Shit, I'll see you on the (laughs) A-show. But until then, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Special delivery. I need that. Special delivery. Can I have that? Special yeah. delivery. Yeah. 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 Special delivery. I want Come on. That. Special delivery. I need Come that. on. Special delivery. Can I have that? Come on. Special Come on. delivery. If you ain't ready, I'ma bust through your curtain. Encore, you're not sure, I'm certain. Wait, make sure the mic working. Make cake, sort of like earth wind. And fire, the rap vampire. Tie in the more warm like campfire. Matter of fact, I'm blazing, raising the roof up. Slide off with your booster. 
Took her to the stool with seducer. Let her do a skit, then she hit my producer. Oh, not what you used to, I'm looser. You need to stop fucking with them losers. Now who's up? The mystic ruler, granted, period. Yeah. Filthy, but milky like cereal. Come on, come on. Bang this in your stereo. MCs is dead, and I'ma get head about they bury you. And that's disrespectful. I'm strong like XO mixed with X, yo. And that's a high capability. And yes, I possess that ability. I spit it out. What? Special delivery. Yeah, yeah. That's what the motherfucker is. Yeah, yeah. And hey, yo, we're special that. delivery. Yeah, yeah. That's just special delivery. Yeah, yeah. Special delivery. Yeah, yeah. Special delivery. Yeah, yeah. Special delivery. Special delivery. Special delivery. Yeah. Special delivery. Yeah. 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 Metropolitan area, cause I'm hearing you hollering. The earthquake, Harlem bread maker. Give me two hands, two grams in the shaker. Hit the block, watch the kid take up. Your girl keep coming around, and I'ma take it to Jamaica, and I give her a reason to get curious. But you paint, it ain't that serious. MCs ran with this and that, but change your name to Saran, cause it's a rap. Your rap is like a sedative. Sleepy, see me? Negative. So it's over, and I guess you gotta live with it. And you can tell by the records that distributed. I spit it out. Spit it out. Special Yeah, I like this yeah, shit right here. Special delivery. The saga continues. Child of the ghetto. Child of the ghetto.